0: Low job, Low Leo. Job, Leo. Yeah. <laughs> Get some fucking chapstick on those things. What's going on? Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TMNT Shellcast with your three hosts. I am John, your host for this evening's episode, and with me, as always, is Chris. Chris, how are
1: you? I am well. Uh, I was just laughing because you said three hosts, and then you said I'm your host, so off to our roaring start here.
0: Yeah, and well, thanks, Chris, for that great um support andrew is our co-host for this episode andrew how are we doing today doing well my
2: voice is a little hoarse um i did uh, attend a concert last night so there you go shout out parker mccollum um also i'm recording in my garage which you wouldn't know because of this beautiful green screen behind me however it's almost 80 degrees in here so i will cool. be high i will be hydrating this episode just throwing that out there
1: Well, my voice is always hoarse, so welcome to the club.
0: Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Well, I um, I'm doing fine. Today I've had a nice weekend. It was I think I think El Nino has passed. I'm not really sure what El Nino is, but everyone's talking about it. And today was 75 and sunny and not as humid, so that was nice. Yeah, Very very nice. Very nice. Um. Yes, before we get things kicked off, just want to plug our social media accounts. Um, I am your resident TikTok host, but you can, if you're watching on the YouTube, the YouTube, you can see scrolling across the bottom all the handles at TMNT Showcast anywhere, any social media, TikTok, Instagram, and X, No no longer called Twitter, it's called X now. Not sure what the hell going on there. Chris, What's do you have an update for us?
1: I, I'm lost in the sauce on Twitter. I'm still posting episodes, obviously, as they come out. We're still getting some interaction, but the whole X Twitter threads, it's, it's over my head, to be honest. So I think what I need to do is just regroup here, refocus. I did. It's not ready yet, but I've been putting some work in in regards to store and merchandise. Which I'm hoping, wow. Wow. barring a crazy week at work, uh, to coincide with the release of the upcoming movie on two- Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday, the second. So, listen track Dracula a little bit, but hopefully that is ready to go as the movie launches. Um, don't hold me to that, because it's been like months since I <laughs> did anything. So, <laughs> we'll see
2: what uh, happens. Awesome. Well, that's, that's exciting. I did want to add um, on Instagram um stay tuned i think i'm going to turn tuesdays into a little uh special surprise moving forward so every tuesday wow. um i'm going to call it turtle tuesday for obvious reasons um you can check out something special i'm going to plug it here i will not uh, allude to anything more than that so go over to instagram at TeamNTShellcast shellcast and check it out
0: yes yes please do that um Fantastic. Well, this week's episode was great. However, before we get into that, we have pizza time. pizza time. Last week, Chris lost the pole, and so he spun the pizza wheel. He did not join the old maids, but Chris, what did you spend?
1: So I landed on pizza puff, which it's the first time I've eaten a pizza in probably a month. It's been a while. So I had to get a little streak going of not having to eat them, but I landed on Pizza Puff. And do you guys know what a Pizza Puff is? I had to do a little research here.
0: And let Enlight- me enlighten us, Chris. What is a Pizza Puff?
1: Okay, so I I heard Pizza Puff, and I was like, this sounds familiar. I know I've heard this before somewhere. If you recall back to our childhood, there was an episode of Hey Arnold where they make the world's biggest pizza puff. And it is, we talked about it a little bit. It's its similar to a calzone, but the difference is that a pizza puff is fried instead of baked.
3: Mm.
1: So it's a Chicago-centric thing. And I thought to myself, maybe I can order one of these bad boys and get it shipped here in time for tonight's episode. But... Number one, I couldn't. And number two, I could only buy them in bulk of like 40 And they were $90. <laughs> so I went with plan B, which is what is the closest thing to a pizza puff that is found in your average grocery store? Do either of you know what that might be?
2: Hot pocket. Yeah, hot pocket or I still am hanging my hat on pizza bites.
1: Yeah. Pizza so you're both, yeah. You pizza both rolls. would be right. A pizza roll is probably a little bit closer, but it's just not big enough. So I went with a hot pocket, which I fried. Whoa! And by fried, I mean air fried. So I didn't deep fry it. But look at the crust on this bad boy.
2: I I gotta say, air frying hot pockets has got to be the best way to make those, hands down.
1: That sounds it, great. Yeah, and these crunchy. I don't. I don't think they had these when we were kids. This is a garlic buttery crust and the aroma coming out of the air fryer. Next level sent Hubert into a tizzy because the whole house smelled good. So without any further Mm -hmm. ado, John talk while eat.
0: go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying, I don't know. I get a lot of shit on this podcast for being a little Mm -hmm. liberal liberal with the pizza. My garlic pizza got uh, shredded. Chris has pizza puff and he makes a hot pocket. Well, <laughs> what, is, what is that?
1: I fried a hot <laughs> just pocket.
0: want to eat a hot pocket. <laughs> he just <laughs> is like, I need more hot pockets in my life.
2: <laughs> hot pockets went a little crazy in the 2000s where they went from having, you know, like the ham and cheese one and like maybe a pizza and then they added like a thousand different skews and i think it confused people because it's like do i want broccoli and cheddar or do i want broccoli and white cheddar with garlic you know i mean it got too intense so hopefully they scaled scaled it back and kind of streamlined a bit
1: so they have and also seem to have scaled it back because there was like pepperoni mozzarella and cheese and then ham and cheese so not as many options
0: what what the hell is also that little pocket they give you like that The sleeve? Yeah. The toaster sleeve, John.
2: Is that the toaster sleeve or the microwave sleeve?
1: So it's, you do it, you only put it on if you're microwaving it. It serves two purposes. Somehow, which I don't believe, it gives you a crispier crust on the outside. But it's also a little holder so you don't scald your hand when you're trying to munch it down. Nice. But to address the critique that all I did was cook a hot pocket. This took longer to cook than most of the pizzas I've made. So number one, 15 (laughs) minutes in an air fryer for this long time. Number two, I think it's nice to have a different thing. You know, this would have just been a slice of pizza with a pizza roll on it. Otherwise, (laughs) this is as close as I can get to an authentic. Well, my camera really does suck. To an authentic (laughs) pizza roll and... Would i have made one yeah i thought about it but that's a lot of effort for what i knew was going to be cold by the time i ate it so hot pocket delicious i give this i would pay seven dollars and 81 cents for this
2: wow and with that score i do want to say uh vinnie's pizza board is returning this week so it's been gone you know, I talked about my computer problems. Someday I will go into detail. But Vinny's Pizza Board will be back. Chris's score, let's see where it lands.
0: Yeah. I was wondering if I was maybe just missing Vinny's Pizza Board.
2: No. No. It's no. been MIA since uh, since May.
0: Vinny's been doing a little remodel. The lift and shift. Yes. The Scarlet well,
1: key Chris, crossed. thank you. What a game changer. Sorry, I just had to say that. Hot pockets, you're doing the right thing. Keep doing whatever you're doing.
2: What's the, um, is it four to a box still? Or how does that, or individual yeah. sleeves? How do you? How do they sell them now?
1: So sadly, we're down to two a box, individually packaged. You can get a family-sized box, but personally, I'm, I prefer the ham and cheese. I thought it would be a little bit of a cheap move to do a breakfast hot pocket for this. So I just got the pizza flavor. Which isn't my favorite, but yeah, two to a box now, which is not enough for a meal. We'll be honest.
0: Nice, yeah. Ham and, the ham and cheese is also for a savory croissant. Ham and cheese croissant is great. Very underrated. yeah. Ham and
2: ham and cheese. You know what ruined it for me was um, elementary school. The like. I think they used to service like a cheap version of the ham and cheese hot pockets or some chicken cordon bleu stuff, which I always associate ham and cheese with chicken cordon bleu, which I know is different because there's no chicken in it. But I just was never—I'm never a fan of meat, like meat and like goo- gooey cheese. It's just uh, uh, besides see, a besides besides a burger. Besides a burger,
1: I'm the opposite. Ham, I crap on ham a lot because it's for the pores, but. Ham is the only, (laughs) probably the only meat, the only lunch meat versatile enough to be served hot or cold, and it can still hold up. So, Mm. shout out ham.
0: Shout Shout out out to ham. All right, I I got a couple, I got a question for the group, and I also have a comment, Chris, before we get into this. Chris, you made a bold claim two episodes ago about your ring light. Has it arrived?
1: It did arrive, and I broke it, setting it up. (laughs) So I had to order a new one. I literally, I didn't even get to turn it on. I was setting up the little tripod stand, and I had the window open. It was not, it was yesterday when it was raining. So I was about to plug it in, and I said to myself, there's water coming through this window because it's raining so hard. I should probably close it before I plug something into an electrical outlet. And as I was reaching, it, the legs on the thing slid out, and the I smashed it so hard it's it just the whole thing like doesn't even turn on. So, listen, I'm not going to make any more promises on when it'll be back because we're over two now. So,
2: your lighting looks better, but I do recommend. I talked about this a few. Podsio, this thing is no joke. No joke.
1: So, what I need to do is rotate. If you notice behind me, kind of blends in because the entire room is just wood paneling. But this wall,
2: to the viewers' right, your left, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm pointing is slanted because it follows the pitch of the roof. So I need to rotate my setup. I have a bookshelf so I can put stuff. But there's a lot I need to do that's just hasn't been done yet, and there's no excuse other than. I haven't done it.
2: So, well, mm. you've been cranking out content for the pod, so I mean that's a valid excuse. But yeah, I mean we're we're by the time we get to fifty episodes, you gotta you gotta have it have the room ready. Yeah. ready maybe I'll do that's a that's special
1: cool. solo episode Ooh. of what the new setup will look like.
2: Yeah, like a behind the scenes. I like that. Yeah. I like it.
1: That's Could my promise to the for listeners
2: the,
0: for TikTok. Mm.
1: Maybe, maybe I'll be an influencer. And,
0: yeah, my, my question to you both, um, and because a lot of ham and cheese uh, talk about this, so there's been a lot of talk about bits that people do and that they have in their life. Like bits as in like jokes that they do, and I'll share a bit with you that me and my wife do, but I would also be curious if you guys have any bits. So ours is every time we've gone to um, visit her parents, my in-laws, there's a uh, honey-baked ham from Costco, I believe. Mm. And <laughs> I I made a comment on it once. I'm just like, I, I don't who buys like ham. And Elise had said it just ham is just good to have around. It's just good to have around for like people to sort of munch on or like put in omelets, which is a f- 100% fact. Like if you have some honey-baked ham, you just cut it up, throw it in an omelet. It's great. But now every single time someone brings up Pam, we just say it's just good to have around the house.
3: <laughs> so,
0: so that's the bit that we do. Do you guys have any bits? Andrew? Oh, you go um,
2: first. Uh, most of our bits now revolve around our kids and maybe how they say certain things. So for example, um, for example, uh, my daughter really likes pickles so now when we go to get a pickle out of the fridge we go pickle 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 because that's how my daughter says it when she wants one or or uh another example is uh right now chocolate milk Uh, when she's asking for chocolate milk she goes choco 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 and so we refer to chocolate milk as choco That's all I can think like, of on the spot. That's all I can think of right now. So,
0: I just you, I, I love the idea that when you're getting a pickle, it's just pickle, 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 yeah, pickle, 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 yeah. pickle, <laughs> pickle, pickle, <laughs> pickle. <laughs>
1: I'm going to start using that. I, I only really have two that I can think of offhand. One, which is really only funny to me because I live by myself, is whenever I'm ordering something, like if I'm ordering pizza or something, I'll ask Hubert if he wants anything because I think that's <laughs> funny. And then the second one actually involves you guys because <clears throat> I've helped you both move a ton of times. And coincidentally, a lot of times the days I've helped you move, my friends from college have wanted to like do something. And I've always had to be like, I can't, I'm helping my brothers move. And it's happened <laughs> so many times that they don't believe me. So now whenever I can't do something, they just say, You helping your brothers move? Where if I don't want to go to something, I'll say I gotta help my brothers move. Sorry.
2: <laughs> i had a story. friend uh shout out to my friend chris from high school and college um he uh his father actually used to say when he was offered like hey do you want um you know some cheesecake like at a party or hey do you want um you know uh some seconds and he'd always say uh no no thanks i'm driving which i thought was <laughs> funny too because he would like turn down food and just make it like Oh, sorry i'm driving
0: yeah Uh, (laughs) that's a good that's a classic dad joke right yeah absolutely absolutely yeah it is yeah it is all right well thank you for thank you for that um okay i guess before we get into the episode andrew you had mentioned last week the san diego comic-con recap
2: Yeah. Now I'll just say, Chris, save your, um, you know, the rest of your hot pocket for after the segment, because yeah, I got
1: uh, got a couple here. I'll save them.
2: Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, yeah. With that said, uh, we did tease a what was it two episodes ago? I had mentioned that San Diego Comic Con was uh, ongoing. Um, it was on the front end of the conference or uh, trade show, whatever you want to call it, and therefore I thought it would maybe be good to revisit. Um, because there was quite a few turtle action figures dropped through NECA in their booth. So I'm going to share my screen and walk through. So one thing I will hopefully say. They,
0: hopefully they didn't break them when they dropped them. Yeah, hopefully hopefully
2: not because they are plastic. Um, Dad joke, John. But did either of you watch the video that I sent out earlier this week? No. I did not, no. Perfect. All right, excellent. Because it'll make it that much more entertaining. So
1: it was a trap video. Then you didn't want us to watch it. No, but Whoa. I
2: will. Um, I will link it in the show notes. Um, this uh, the video I'm referring to is Pixel Dan. Who, if you know, you know Pixel Dan. Um, but he does about a 20 minute walkthrough with Trevor uh, from NECA, who's one of the head honchos there. Um, behind the scenes reveal, and they go into detail about each of these figures. So. I apologize in advance for butchering some of this. Go watch the video. Um, And then. Shout
1: out Pixel Dan from Pinhead Larry.
2: (laughs) Uh, So, anyway, these are uh, what what I will show you here. And I will also link to this Reddit. Um, I don't remember the user, but I will give credit where credit is due. These are not my photos. I'm just leveraging what exists. Uh, But these are all the new releases by NECA, which Chris want to drop us uh, what NECA stands for one more time?
1: North (laughs) I knew North Damn National Ensemble National Entertainment Collectors Association That's
2: what I'm sticking with All right. well I uh, will cut in the other two guesses that you've had
1: Well John Everyone knows that NECA stands for the New Era Collectors Association. I feel Northeast Collectors Association. (laughs) And I know they're all different.
2: And I will cut in the actual (laughs) answer again because this is a funny bit that we have going on here now. So
1: I will just add in I looked up NECA the national entertainment Collectible collectibles association.
2: Um, so anyway, NECA releases these. So the first, uh, row here are from the Archie comic line. Um, so can you guys see the screen here? Hopefully. Yeah. The figures. So if, if not, um, if you're at home, go on to the YouTube and watch this, but, uh, first is the Archie comic release. So these were apparently some wrestling outfits, um, by the turtles of a fairly famous comic, um, Issue, but you've got all four there, four of them there. Uh, pretty cool looking. I don't know too much about it, but
1: Donnie is sick. Yeah, Whoa. Donnie. Yeah, Donnie's awesome. like
2: in black and black and blue. Um, but from what I've heard, this is significant. So if you're an Archie comic figure collector, you're welcome, I guess, from NECA. Um, but this is maybe a little bit better here. So yeah. these are the punk outfits or whatever you want to call them. Um, oh, yeah. We, we saw them in an earlier episode. So you have Leo here wearing a um, black leather jacket with some studs on it. You got Donnie with a fucking throwback like fur um, aviator coat. Uh, Michelangelo's wearing like a heavy metal unzipped jacket with spikes on the collar, which is looking pretty cool. And then Raph's got like his bomber jacket. Um with some like fancy shoulder uh, fabric and they're all wearing eyeglasses or I'm sorry sunglasses in their in their various colors so pretty cool um, what I heard about these guys was that the heads are interchangeable with all the existing figures um, so you can flip them and flop them uh, which is kind of neat and they come with uh, I don't know if you can see it in this Leo photo but they come with like bags of groceries as some of the <laughs> extras so they're releasing these as a four pack um, with all those, you know, sort of extras. Um, also to note, you can see it here in the Michelangelo photo; they're wearing sneakers or tennis shoes, as my wife would call.
1: Those are awesome. Donnie is so cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're looking cool. Um, so th- that's released for the eighty-seven series line. We go down now uh, another level here. So, so we're getting a little mix here. So this is Mondo Gecko who we've yet to meet. Um, this is the Mondo Gecko from the Archie comics. So a little he's bit different. He's stuck in the background too. Yep. He's stuck in the background. Um, but from what um, the fans are saying, this is the best Mondo Gecko figure that they've ever made. So take that. to what you will. The middle here, I believe he his name is Belly Bomb. Also from the Archie comic line. Don't know much about him. However... And watching that Pixel Dan walk through, um, his stomach hinges, so you can open his stomach up, insert a tongue, um, the jaw you know moves, and the eyeball articulates. So that's, that's awesome. kind of what's what's super cool about this guy, and uh, it seemed to be a personal favorite of uh, Trevor at NECA, the main guy there. Uh, in the center here, we've got the massive Krang. And I talked about him before, so I'm not going to go into a whole much detail. I'll go check back two episodes, I think. Um, we talked specifically about this giant Krang in his Android body. Um, so cool. Super cool. Um, and it's a new head sculpt, a new Krang sculpt. So it's not just a scaled-up version of the existing Krang um, figure. That's seven inches. This is a brand-new design in a much larger version. I've also heard that the hands can specifically hold the turtles. So the, the five and a half inch turtles that you can buy as part of the set, his hands will now hold those turtles, um, perfectly. So pretty cool, pretty cool. And then, um, to the right of him is the evil Rex one clones also talked about the evil Rex one clones, um, a few episodes ago but what's cool uh that's uh, new to add is that they added these um interchangeable blaster you know fires. so there's a red one for the evil rex one and then a blue one for the actual rex one um so all these things are coming with cool accessories in addition to the figures which is neat now we go down another level and this is where it gets this is where my knowledge is going to uh or lack thereof is going to be on full display. These are a mix of different lines. So on the left, we have Leatherhead from the original Mirage line. Looking pretty cool. I mean, he's an alligator, yeah. pretty pretty fierce. Um, and you will notice when uh, we do meet Leatherhead in, in our universe, uh, some similarities, but some glaring differences too. So all these Mirage, uh, figures are a whole lot more like dark and um, less cartoony.
3: Yeah, uh,
2: especially the next one here. Yeah, the next one, yeah. perfect segue, is the Rat King. So this, again, a lot are touting this is the best Rat King figure ever created. Um, I showed mine. I showed my Rat King on an earlier episode. Um, maybe four or five episodes back. I love the Rat King. This one is definitely badass you know he's got the wraps and what's cool about this one the wraps are removable so i guess you can add leg wraps arm wraps um you can remove them depending on how you how how much you like wraps and how how His face is terrifying issue yeah exactly and but how issue accurate you want your Rat king to look so super cool um i love both those figures but especially the Rat king i think he looks badass third And now center screen. Do anyone know who this is?
1: Wando Calrissian.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Pedro Martinez. No, this is Baxter Stockman from the Mirage. So he was uh, African-American, black. He was... What's interesting that I've heard the reason they changed his ethnicity in the 87 series is because they didn't want, especially in the 80s... um, a black cartoon character referring to a white cartoon character as master. Um, so I think that's why I've been told that they made the change. Um, but also highly touted in, I think the first ever original Mirage comic Baxter Sockman action figure in history. So highly anticipated, um, just like this next guy, which is, who is that John?
0: That is Casey Jones.
2: Yeah, it's not just Casey Jones. It's fucking redshirt Casey Jones, which oh, I don't know too much about, but apparently significant again in
0: the um, in the comics. So th- these are all. He from have, the- uh, if he's redshirt, he must have missed got another year of eligibility. Yeah, for playing must cricket, have. must have. Very cool.
2: And then uh, we get down. These are the last Ronin. So a uh, big reveal at. Uh, uh San Diego Comic Con this year is for the last Ronin comic series. They've expanded their their figures. So this time last year I think there were only a couple, one or two. Um they've now added all four of the turtles. So you've got uh Leo on the left with all his regalia. Um uh, Mikey. Fat as look- fuck Mikey. Yeah, he's looking pretty fierce though, but he's definitely got layers on. This guy's got thick boy layers. I I do like do you guys see where his nunchucks sit? like yeah, right on his cool. fucking chest. Like that's pretty badass. So, super cool. Um you got Leo here. It's a little uh pixelated. Um but Leo I'm sorry. Donnie here. Learn, like, it's a little pixelated.
1: Trash trash can hat. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then you have um Splinter on the right who's looking pretty fucking buff and uh fierce. Yeah, I well.
1: like that Splinter better than the cartoon Splinter. He looks pretty fucking sweet.
2: Yeah, and the, the Last Ronin is um, the most recent comic series that has, uh, I think it's concluded, but um, highly regarded as like, one of the best comics in the T M T series. So um, Next, we've got a mix of stuff. So we have another Casey Jones here. I believe this is, again, Casey Jones from The Last Ronin. So on the left, you, I mean, the iconic mask, he's got a little bit shorter hair. Um, but he's definitely wearing like more samurai outfit like those other turtles. So there's him, Fugitoid is next. Fugitoid, fun fact. I learned Fugitoid was actually his own comic line before the Ninja Turtles, which never took off. Mm -hmm. And when the turtles took off, they just incorporated him because he was this like robot that they liked um, and one of their first characters. So they just rolled him into the original Mirage comic um, but th- this is a battle damaged. Um, as you can see, it's like fucking legs ripped off. He's all slashed up. Now we're getting into the stuff. I have no idea. These are, I think part of the monster line of turtles. I can tell that, um, because I've got Leo in the background. Lips. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, fucking... it's blow <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh blowjob leo
0: (laughs) get some fucking
2: chapstick on those things what's going on yeah yeah um don't know too much about these i honestly skipped over i'm not into the monster line so if you want to check that out watch the video look at those guys in the background too yeah yeah so those are the original releases you got yeah leo on the left Uh. and then Raph in the back on the right so like frankenstein-esque but we're getting back now to my favorite which is the 87 comic line. So this is Usagi. I've mentioned him a couple times before. He has been released in both the cartoon, which is the series that uh, I collect, um, but also in the, I think they're doing an original Mirage, or these are inspired by the original Mirage um, crossover comics. So Usagi had his own comic, his own inventor. um, But, had a lot of crossover with TMNT, so these are just var- variants of him. Um, whether it's a cute button eyed face, a more fierce um, Usagi version, or a samurai regalia, or like the space fucking hybrid cool. one,
1: yeah, android guy,
2: yeah. So these are coming in a four pack as well. Um, so all the diehard Usagi, Usagi fans um, can go find these and uh, pick them up. Pretty cool. There's another one, and it's a Space Adventure fucking Usagi, which this one and the next photo here, which is Michelangelo, samurai. I think they call him like samurai warrior Michelangelo. These are not from any episode in the series. They're just new figures inspired by the cartoon line. So they go with the cartoon line. They're interchangeable heads. You can switch out Mikey's heads and arms with the other turtles, but they're new Designs new characters from Neca, so I think that's kind of cool. And the reason I wanted to mention that is it would be easy for them just to pull every character from the cartoon and make a version of that. Uh, it's kind of cool that they're creating some of their own characters now as well to really expand that line and and drive, um, you know, drive ultimately people buying more figures. And that's also true about this next one here, which is the space adventure Donatello, not in the cartoon we will not see him but um very cool and inspired by you know some episodes uh or personal interests of people at neca
0: i like the animation too it's like 2d but 3d yeah. kind of thing yeah, yeah the, the artwork the coloring yeah.
1: on him is awesome
2: yeah and the sheeting Yeah, they do a really, really good job. Um, And you can see that right here in this uh, next image, which is Casey Jones' business attire, Casey Jones, which this apparently was requested specifically by the 87 Hardo fans that were like, hey, we got Casey Jones. We want the business attire, Casey Jones, because it does appear in a couple episodes, or he does appear in this attire in at least one or two episodes. And what's cool about this one is the arms can be removed completely, and, and the jacket can be removed from his body so that it just exposes his his dress shirt and his tie. And then you can switch out white arms for his long sleeve white undershirt because he appears both ways in the episode. So that's kind of cool Shit. They're They're, again, innovating where they're adding um, more customization. And again, these are all interchangeable with the existing Casey. Um, the original one, he has uh, taped hands or gloved hands. Here in the new figure, he is bare hands, so you can interchange those if you want. Um, so just, again, cool. I'm learning out on it because I watched that whole video twice, um, but I thought it was unique that... Uh, Did you say you know, bare hands? The, bare hands, yeah. Like bare hands? claws?
1: <laughs> Chuck, come on.
2: Come on, Chuck. <laughs> uh, now we're getting down to some of the movie stuff. So this is the first uh, movie first movie second movie i think dr perry i believe is his name from tgri secret of the ooze um there's two versions of him so this if you recall like early in the episode remember when those um sunflowers were like fucking massive um and and the news reporter remember
1: that part of the movie to be honest well it's been a while
2: it's been a while but anyway um he's a key character he's the guy that fucking created the youths and told them what the secret was and you know essentially why they existed so they've got him in both his you know uh, lab coat and um, the more like construction does I have a bug flying in front of me Uh, construction site hard hat
1: I wonder if they modeled him after cartoon Baxter Stockman they look very similar
2: they do Uh, next up is Kino so, Kino is also from the second movie. This is him in his boxing um, or uh, mixed martial arts attire, um, as well as a f- foot soldier here on the right. Those are my uh,
1: favorite foot soldier versions, the movie yeah. version. They look so yeah, cool. Yeah.
2: yeah. Definitely Yeah. Yeah. And now we're getting to the last row here. <clears throat>
1: oh, fuck yeah.
2: So, this is um, Archie Comic Krang. Um Very I mean, he looks great. Super cartoony. I think he can like attach to, he either attaches like to, gum. <laughs> Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: to gum or melted shoes, but um, he attaches like on the shoulders of the other Archie comic figures. So oh, nice. I think he's an accessory as part of the other pack. What you see here at Blurry in the next image is um from the last Ronin series. This, this is a wrath in the background. It looks like, or um they were talking about maybe some of the ghosts. I don't, Know the last Ronin, but the general theory is, or the general premise is, there's one remaining turtle after the other brothers have been killed, and he's seeking revenge. So they're doing the ghosts, um, and/or you know, all four of the the turtles. And then again, we're just getting into these are the um, Ultum. I think is the way to pronounce it. And if I fuck that up, well, too bad. Uh, they are again from. The uh, I think these are from the Archie line, but the general idea is that Crane is not just a single entity. It's like a whole species of, uh, of things. So, no, it's a whole lot there. If you don't like action figures, that was probably boring as shit or you skipped it, but I thought it was kind of cool because, again, they dropped, you know, to like, what, 20 to 30 new figures, um, and they had the other re-releases like we talked about, like the ultimate sets with Donatello spinning his bow staff and all those sorts of things. So a lot to be excited for. If you are a NECA action figure collector,
1: the coolest, I said it before, but the coolest toys around and I'm biased, but the Tim T toys are the best.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a great recap of the comic con, Andrew. That yeah. Was- we get,
2: we have we have to go one year maybe next year maybe not but if they're dropping stuff like this every year at san diego comic-con it's worth checking out at least once yeah they're dropping
0: new ninja turtles like there was a hole in their pocket yeah absolutely wow wow okay chris now it's funny
2: funny too chris must be eating that second uh hot pocket that he was talking about that came in the
0: box (laughs) Oh, yeah, He's yeah. still munching. On it. <laughs> I'm
1: trying to just house this thing as quick as I can. <laughs> it's so good. Continuity. But... Mm.
0: Bye. Air. What a Air fryer is a game changer. <laughs> pizza puff. Absolute trash. I might vote that you have to redo that and spend $90 to get oh, an you, actual pizza puff.
1: Get the hell out of here. You ate a cookie for your first pizza. I'm not fucking redoing a Hot Pocket.
0: Chris, all I'm going to say is get over the fucking Choco Puff pizza. Get, get over. over
1: a Hot Pocket. <laughs> I ate a pizza puff. Who cares who made it?
0: <laughs> That's not uh, a pizza puff.
1: I'm not going to hand roll out. There's no other way to get a pizza puff. I'm not going to hand make one.
0: If you don't but like don't it? Know. You
1: should have I fucking have... used your uh turtle power up and made me roll again, spin again.
0: <laughs> Redo. Okay. I let's get into the episode recap. This week's episode. Season 3, episode 13. It's the 31st episode of the in the TMNT uh 87 universe entitled The Ninja Sword of Nowhere. Ninja sword of ninja sword of nowhere. So we open the episode, a nice little bubbly lava pit. We are in Earth's core and we are in the technodrome. Shredder and Krang are programming a computer in the very early morning. It's very early because Shredder is complaining about it, but Krang is like, "Hey, we need to be doing this because we're we are wakeys." He says, we are wakeys, we're up, we're, we, are, you know, where the early bird catches the worm, we're ready to go, we're trying to get the jump on our enemies. Um, Bebop and Rock they're fast asleep on, head down on the computer desk, Crane is pissed, he's like, get off my buttons. But we learn that Crane's sensors, that he's got somewhere, uh, have detected an alien substance on the surface of the Earth, and he thinks that it can help them conquer Earth. So he gives, so Crane gives Shredder an alien metal detector and says, "Hey, go to the surface and go find this alien metal because we need it."
1: Yeah. So this is what I like to see out of Crane. After number one, falling to number three in the villain power rankings, but number two, just an embarrassing <clears throat> shoe melting episode last week. So he's essentially slave driving everyone. He's got him up late. He's got them working hard. They're complaining. He's not taking any of it. He's screaming at people. Shredder's complaining. So they say if you need if you want to do anything great, everybody needs to be a little bit uneasy. I kind of made that up. I think I've heard that somewhere though. But Krang doing what he needs to do to get the job done.
2: I think that I think that quote came from your uh, bets. Like when you're saying like if you make a yeah. bet, you, you're not supposed to feel like confident in it or something like that. So. Um. Yeah, Crane, no bullshit this episode, right out of the gate. I love the long Technodrome music intro. I think this may be the first time that we've had the cartoon actually open to the Technodrome. I could be wrong about that. Um, But the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, Michael and Mark Eden. I don't know if you guys saw on the the intro card, but they co-wrote this. So are they brothers? Are they father and son? I don't know. I'm assuming brothers. But we had two brothers writing this episode. I figure it's going to be a good one because we're three brothers, they're two brothers, and it's about four brothers. So,
1: are the turtles brothers? Ooh. I meant to ask that a couple episodes ago.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm just going to say, um, in the '87 series, that's always the debate because they are brothers. Like in most of the media, uh, like blood brothers in most of the media, other media types. So, comics, the other cartoon series, they're referred to as brothers. But we've had a couple instances here where we've talked like Splinter refers to them as his like students and not his sons, right? So I don't think they ever really play up that, you know, brotherhood piece and family piece. But I think most people assume um, just based on the greater canon of TMNT that they are, in fact,
0: brothers. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we leave the Technodrome and we go to the sewer. And the turtles are waking up, alarm set seven AM. They're getting up, getting ready for the work day. Um, and we we hear something Raf we hear Raf's new voice. I don't know what the hell is going on here. Something about a new voice actor, but I I hate it. I hate everything about his this voice actor's voice. It's so bad. Yeah. The worst it's like he was
1: intentionally trying to do a bad voice, just is terrible. Yeah. But to counter that this new bedroom layout i am liking a lot so they each have their own little tunnel cubby thing it's better than the bunk beds we saw very early on so the, of the bedroom setups we've seen this is my favorite one
2: yeah i just i had to, i wrote my notes like leo is that guy like the alarm goes off and he's fucking you know barking orders like talking about how great a day it's going to be like right out of the gate while everybody is like hung over rolling out of bed from fighting the night before Don't be that guy, Leo. Don't be that guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he gets, he promptly gets three pillows right to the face, which is fun. Um, Mikey's making.
2: I just, I want to say too, Chris, was 7 a.m. your favorite time of day?
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was actually. Yeah. So it's the turtles know what's up. You know, Leo gets it.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But if you remember, they weren't, it wasn't that, you were waking up at 7am it was you were already up and you were like we're just waiting for work i think is your argument
1: i said it was that lull between having to leave for work it's like your last bit of freedom john listen fuck off okay the turtles got got up at seven that's whatever reason you like 7am at least they're up for it okay we owe seem to be ready to go. So me and Will, that's why I like them so much.
0: Yeah. So Chef Chef Mike, which is actually funny because that's the microwave, but Chef Mike is uh <laughs> making a pizza for breakfast for everybody. And he pulls out of the oven a deep dish oatmeal pizza with a grapefruit topping, which
1: yikes.
2: put it on the board, baby. Put it on yeah. the board. That's gonna be an interesting one for sure.
1: Good luck to whoever gets that. There's no way to do it except to make it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have to do that one. Um, and, you know, he uh, he's like, Hey, everyone, chow time. I think Leo calls in Donnie, and Donnie comes in all in a tizzy because there's no possible way he can think about food. Because, Andrew, what day is it? It's National
2: Sensei Appreciation Day. Very important holiday.
0: Yeah. And Raph makes a comment here man, that really sneaks up on you which is funny because obviously this is a made-up holiday. Um, but they turtles realize they need to get Splinter a present. Very poorly uh, anticipating when they need to get presents here, so that's not great. So they crack open the turtle bank, which has Raphael's uh, red headband, band on it, um, and they're counting up the money, and we realized that Michelangelo had put some sun-dried tomatoes in the turtle bank for safekeeping.
2: That Turtle Bank is awesome. Number one, number two, I looked this up. National Sensei Appreciation Day doesn't exist, but uh, um, Tri Unity Martial Arts Studio Incorporated celebrates it on October nineteenth every year. So it's coming up. I mean, it appeared appeared to be a
1: Wednesday on the calendar that Donnie Hill held up. So, and we call it a very rare,
0: very rare. Very rare. Um, So we then go to Irma. So Irma's on the phone. We're at channel six. She's talking to somebody trying to get a date from someone. We find out that it's just a wrong number. So she's so desperate at this point that she's just trying to get a wrong number and get a date. Um, April's there. Vernon is there. He's complaining that it's an incredibly slow news day. Burn pops out as chief editor and he goes, Hey, Man, A dog biting a man, that's not news. But a man biting a dog, that is news. So Vern, go find a dog. And he's all confused. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, go make some news. I'm not sure how I feel about news people just going to make news. Yeah.
1: That's the problem with the media today.
0: Yeah, especially today.
2: Especially today, like making up clickbait headlines. I, I do think it this is the first time we've con- now like confirmed that Byrne is the editor, right? Like we've seen his office before, but I just assumed he was like the president or something, but he is the editor, which makes sense. Um. Vern, Vernon, Fedwig, i not a fan at all. Do not like him, never will. Uh, just don't.
1: He's
0: a complainer. His, the his
2: last name is Fedwig? Yeah, something like that. I think it's Fedwig.
0: A lot of talking, not a lot of doing by Vernon. So he goes out and he's trying to find some news. The turtles, on their quest to buy Splinter a gift, end up at a pawn shop because what says, I appreciate you more than something from a pawn shop? And keen viewers may realize that this pawn shop looks awfully familiar. Does it not, Chris? It
1: does, John. There's a lot of things to notice in this next couple scenes. We'll see how keen-eyed you and Andrew were.
0: Yeah. As yeah. we unfold. Yes. So, in this pawn shop, Michelangelo picks up a lamp and he's like, "Hey, we can get this for Splinter because it'll help him tell time." I'm not really sure what that was all about. Um, well, but Leo's John. was like, no, no, no.
1: Hold on. This is where John's keen eyes failed him already. There was a clock on the base of the lamp that was very briefly shown as it was picked up. So the comment I thought didn't make sense either. And I said, let me rewatch this and lo and behold clock in the base of the lamp.
2: I saw it. I laughed because I was like, oh, this is a classic Mikey move. And then I was like, no, that's too on the nose. And then I did see the little black hands um, on the the base of it. So. Wow. Shame Shame on me. Mo- uh going out the show host. Shout out to Alton Brown. He's always a pro... F- um, what, what was his show on Food Network? Um, good, eats. Just- good Eats. Yeah, Good Eats. He would always preach, never buy a kitchen utensil that only has one function. So it kind of extends here, you know, a clock. That's also a lamp. Killing two birds with one stone.
1: Great yeah. reference, Andrew.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah. But Leo he wants something special. So he asks the pawn shop owner and he says, Hey, we need something, preferably something Japanese because shredder and splinter, as we know, are both from Japan, they hail from Japan. So that makes sense. So the pawn shop owner is like, Hey, I got this old sword and I'm gonna give it to you. And I think it's gonna be great. And so in my mind, well, they give him, he gives them the sword, they do a little action with it, and then they, he's asking how they're going to pay, and Michelangelo says, hey, do you take sun-dried tomatoes? And we don't really ever f- realize how they pay for that sword, but we can presume that they bartered sun-dried tomatoes for the sword.
3: Yeah.
1: Now, I will ask, John, this is a chance to redeem yourself. What other items, if any, of note, did you notice in this pawn shop in the background? There were a couple Easter eggs, I'll call them.
3: Hmm.
0: I don't know if I recalled any. Neither did I. I didn't I did
2: not uh, reframe it and, and dig into it as deep as you, Chris. Can you enlighten us?
1: Wow. Well, if you looked closely, and I only caught this when I went to rewatch to check the lamp. In the background there were some other superhero items including the bat signal a shield which i assume was captain america's it kind of had a captain america look uh and there was thor's helmet and his hammer as well
0: wow
1: so a couple nods to other tough times
2: which uh can save that thought in reference and remind me if I forget by the end of the show because I have another Avengers uh, callback so well done Chris
1: well
3: done
2: wow.
1: and yeah. John one last chance to redeem yourself the turtles were in disguise in this pawn shop what was different about the disguise they were wearing in the pawn shop
0: in this disguise they did not have their eye bands on Correct. They were naked yes. on the face. Yep. Which I thought, I saw that and I thought to myself, is that how they always are? Apparently not.
2: Nope. Also, unique because they woke up with their headbands on, which normally they sleep without them, if you recall from previous episodes. So I think uh, the artists got a little confused where they put the eyebands when they weren't supposed to and then forgot them when they were.
0: And I have a question here. And perhaps I might give a little pizza power-up for the person that gets this question correct. And you just got to say the answer after once I ask the question. What did this pawn shop owner sell to someone in a previous episode.
1: The Maltese hamster.
0: The Maltese hamster. That is correct. Andrew, did you know that? I I would have eventually got there. Not
2: in time. Is it the same guy, though? Maybe the same pawn shop. I don't think it's the same guy.
0: Pretty sure it's the same guy and pawn shop.
1: I believe it's a different guy, but the same pawn shop.
0: Hmm. Well, we'll have to go back and look and report back because I'm pretty sure it was the same. Chris, you just sent yourself a, re-spin, a pizza power-up re-spin. Nice.
1: The second ever awarded. Thank you, John. Yeah.
2: yeah. And Me if anyone's too. confused while they're listening, uh, go check out our YouTube exclusive uh, bonus episode called Pizza Power-Ups uh, and you'll know what we're talking about.
0: Yes, you will. So, the turtles get the sword, the sword, or a katana, perhaps, a Japanese sword, and they walk out and across the street, very conveniently, two transport modules, um, or maybe actually just one transport module, comes up in a laundromat. People are running, screaming, they're obviously terrified. Shredder pops out, and he's got just clothes all over him. They must have come up right in the sort of laundry pit. Um, and he's pissed and he's like it's either Bebop or Rocksteady, whoever. He's like, I'm never going to let you sit on my lap and steer ever again, which is just a hilarious image to me.
1: Yeah, things get intimate in the transport modules. They must have took one of the compact versions.
0: Yeah, a mini transport module. So um, I think Bebop is maybe holding the alien metal detector, and this thing starts buzzing. And Shredder's like, "All right, it's close. Let's go across the street to the pawn shop." And you can see the turtles leaving and Shredder entering. And this pawn shop owner is probably shitting his pants because he knows that Shredder. And I think in the Maltese Falcon, the mobsters, the Vivaldi crime syndicate, were the ones that shot up the pawn shop owner. So this not a good not a good day to be a pawn shop owner, you know in New York City. But Shredder, he's looking for this alien metal detector. It's beeping, and then all of a sudden, it stops beeping, and he's like, okay, whatever was here is no longer here, obviously, so this thing stopped beeping. Pawn shop owner, what did you sell, and who did you sell it to? Who did you sell to those four guys that just left in the US? They sold a sword. Um, and Shredder is very convinced that the sword is what contains this alien metal. So
2: I was just going to say, I'm here for we're back to aliens and we're away from crystals. So I'm here for it because it's been a little while. We've had a lot of crystals recently. Um, now we're switching back to aliens and we've got a sword. So I'm at this point of the episode, I was buckling up for what was to come.
1: Yeah. And I got to say Krang's inventions, specifically his ones that, are like metal detectors or crystal locators are incredibly, incredibly precise because they can pick up traces of where these things were.
0: Yes. I am also here for the aliens, get the crystals out of here, get these aliens back. I like the, the alien lore. lore. Um, so the turtles, they're strolling around. They got the sword. It's wrapped up. It's got a nice purple, purple bow on it. Um, and they're ready to go give it to Splinter. But Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady ambush the Turtles. Well, they ambush four people. They don't realize that they're Turtles, but very shortly, the Turtles reveal themselves and Shredder's like, all right, time to fucking go. And so we get the fight music, the fight theme, the theme song music playing, and we get a fight scene. Rocksteady charges at Michelangelo who does a flip and then he basically flips himself onto an escape ladder. Rocksteady goes flail- flailing, charging into a wall. Mikey then falls into a trash can. Donnie does this move where he like steps on a board and flings cans up and like swings a baseball bat and shoots them at Bebop, who's stunned by these cans. They must be sharper, heavy cans. Um, so Donnie's just swinging a baseball bat, hitting him at Bebop. Leo and Raph, they go to attack Shredder, and Shredder sort of backs him in. Uh, I think Raphael charges maybe he gets flipped into a trash can, which is fine because it's his voice, this episode, is trash. as we as
1: Maybe he gets flipped. Covered. He gets absolutely dominated into a trash can. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, all the
2: turtles get owned here. However, Raph is the only one I wrote down that was embarrassing. And his voice is yeah. bad. John mentioned that earlier. So different voice actor this episode uh, instead of Ron Paulson, who normally does Raphael's voice, who does a whole lot of other things, was double-booked, the syndication, blah, blah, blah. New guy, bad voice. However, he will not be the worst sub-Turtle voice, in my opinion. Oh, no. Of the series, so just keep that in mind.
0: It's tough little, little foreshadowing. Oh, no. Um, so, Leo is... Raph gets canned, and Shredder comes up to basically fight leo because he really wants that sword he grabs a pipe and leo's like ready to go he's like he's he says some line about shredder oh he looks very distinguished with a pipe which i thought was funny um shredder basically takes some swings whacking at leo with this pipe leo gets you know pushed into another trash can a lot of trash in this fight scene Uh, and drops the sword which shredder then takes and he now is in possession of the sword
1: the fight scene with leo i mean a note was like very realistic of usually the fight scenes like they're flipping around or whatever this was like shredder hacking at him with a pipe and leo it looked realistic to me and it made me think why doesn't shredder have a signature weapon or anything like I know, he has his spiky armor, but he's always grabbing whatever's around him and using it to fight the turtles. Like I am surprised they didn't give him his own. Yeah, thing. Item. Yeah,
2: I I thought about that too, and I think it may be because Shredder Shredder's ego is like his biggest weapon, um, where he thinks he's better. That's why he just has the gauntlets on his, um, you know, on his forearms. So that may be why. But I agree. I was re- I watched the sword fight and or sword pipe fight um, multiple times because I was like man number one Leo great with a single sword very rare that we see him with one sword was was doing well Um, but then two yeah it was it was really like a professionally done scene
0: so well done to the artists there yeah very well done so shredder has the sword now and he's ready to kill Leonardo with this thing uh, but before he does that, we get a fade to black commercial. And then when we come back, Donnie, still at this wooden thing, basically kicks up a watermelon and then Fruit Ninja style tries to whack it into Shredder, but it doesn't work, obviously, at all. And Donnie gets covered in watermelon. Um, and Shredder's like, all right, well, that would, that didn't matter. So he takes this alien sword and makes a swipe and a hack at Leonardo. But instead of cutting, it cuts through the time dimension and opens up a portal to a new dimension. And everyone's just like, "Holy shit! What the hell's going on here?" Mikey, being the genius that he is, picks up an old tomato and throws it at Shredder's back. Mikey throws it with his left hand. Actually, here, like your left hand. Yeah. Wow. Throws it at Shredder. It hits him in the back and Shredder goes falling into the portal, which then closes up. Bebop and Rocksteady are just like, uh, where did Boss Man go? We're getting the hell out of here, and they run away. I like the art for the
2: like the alternate dimension. We'll talk about it later, but that portal slice, I really like that pink, you know, um inner dimension scenery. No, I don't know how to describe it, but it looks good.
1: It reminded me of the folders that girls had in elementary school for like their homework. There's a specific... They're like these sparkly pony things. Linda, some? There's a name of them. I'll have to look it up.
3: Hmm. Damn,
1: I wish I could think of the name because it would be a lot cooler if, if I could reference it.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> I'm going to cut that part.
0: Yeah. Also... <laughs> nope, leave it in. Also how about elementary school and their collusion with big folder to basically make you get folders and notebooks for every fucking subject? The hell is that about? Yeah. Um, anyways, so that, yeah, that, um, what were we talking about? It's funny though. Lisa Lisa Frank,
1: Lisa Frank folders. Suck it.
2: Never heard of them. Whatever.
1: Uh, You Google it. You'll know what I'm talking about.
2: Uh, Bebop and Rocksteady just ran off. So that was the crazy part to me. Is as soon as Shredder's gone, they go running right back to fucking Krang. Um, which yeah. is that a is that a um, subordinate move, or is that just them being, you know,
0: pansies, as as some would say? Yeah, I think they're just scared of the wrath of Krang. To know, but anyways,
1: I don't know. I mean, you see your back. boss get sucked into a time portal. That's kind of terrifying.
2: Yeah, definitely terrifying, but I don't just their immediate reaction to not like, hey, let's just wait around and see if he comes back. It's just like we're out of here and they just take off maybe too soon. Yeah. Maybe they were. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little too soon.
0: Maybe, maybe, but they do go back to Crane and they're, they tell him Shredder is gone, gone from the face of the earth. You think Krang would be a little bit more happy about that, I suppose, but he I'm I'm not sure he has any reaction to it because before he can react slice we get a slice open of the time dimension, the space dimensions and through the portal comes Shredder. And Krang is like, okay, this sword has the alien material in it. And he gives us a little history it was made from an alien spacecraft that landed on earth thousands of years ago. Uh, and it allows the, the swordsman, whoever made it basically can travel between dimensions in a microsecond because that's what the aliens used it for. So he built it into a sword, the swordsman.
1: Pretty cool history. Krang, knowledgeable as always. So, yep. I you like it. it
0: there. I like it.
2: Uh, yeah. microsecond. If you guys remember with, uh, our friend Baxter Stockman, was oh, that a yeah. microsecond or was that like a nanosecond that he was like off sync with the rest of reality something like that I so think a microsecond yeah. yeah so when this when this reference happened i was like oh man i wonder if baxter is in this interdimensional space that shredder is now slicing through that came to mind i didn't
1: even, th- I didn't even think of that but that makes a lot of sense
2: came to mind yeah. so we'll see if it pans out by the end of the episode but
0: yeah, yeah. so we go back to the Turtles now. They're telling Splinter about the sword because they're also just like, what the fuck is going on here? Splinter, being the all-knowing wise being that he is, recalls that there was a Japanese swordsman um, that could basically use his sword and he would disappear with it. And now we understand a little bit better why and how he could disappear. Also, how this ended up in a pawn shop Originally, I, I got no idea. How's this happening? Um, but Splinter, he has an idea. And he's going to ring April. He's going to get April on the horn to figure out what the fuck's going on here. So he calls April. And then we get a cutscene to Channel 6. Irma, again, she's reading a romance novel. Um, and Vernon is here. He's found the dog. And he's ready to make the news. But April is gone. Which not much there, but we go back to the sewers and yeah, Andrew. in in the sewers, uh,
2: I want to say the weapons room, which is the room that they're standing in, it's fucking looking great. This is really the first like widescreen. I get really into the. I don't know why I'm into the like sewer layout and seeing the rooms and all the detail. Chris mentioned the bedrooms, which look a whole lot better um, and they're fleshed out a little bit. And this uh, this scene too, like you've got this is where all their weapons are available and I'm like excited that maybe they're going to use some of these other things besides just their core, you know, size and katanas and bow staff and and nunchakus. Maybe they'll use some of the other stuff. So pretty cool. Also Mm -hmm. this next scene that John's going to describe, I was, I'm like, finally the fucking turtles and April figure it the fuck out. Like we talked about this couple episodes ago and so I won't I won't steal a thunder from John but I'm very I have a lot to comment on here in the coming
0: uh, coming scene Mm, okay well we're back in the sewer and Donnie he's got an idea where he's going to use a micro transmitter and they're going to penetrate he's always says is this transmitter is going to penetrate all the way down to the technodrome and the plan is that they're going to put a news broadcast on and it's going to be very particular and only specific to Krang to tell basically to lure out Shredder and Bebop and Rock Teddy to get the sword because they know if they can get to Krang the man in charge he's going to put a plan together to figure out how to get the turtles so Chris anything to say on that
1: I was just going to say this is a very good plan by by squinter I made a note Usually Splinter's plans go sideways pretty quick and they suck. This one surprised they haven't thought of it before. So I'm all on board with this idea.
2: Yeah. And sp- this is exactly what I was talking about. Like specifically we, I think it might've been last episode. We were just talking about how yeah. everything April does backfires when she reports on it because it draws crane or shredder to some vulnerable thing that they try to steal. And then the turtles have to defend. So Finally, Splinter's like, I'm I've had enough of like you minor leaguers trying to figure this out. Like I'm going to send a fake broadcast right to Krang and we're going to set him up for a trap. So, Bravo. Absolutely. Like Splinter has been kind of MIA recently. It's nice to see him have a leading role and actually bring something to the table for a change.
1: And the turtles, we yep. mentioned it, I forget what episode it was, but Again, on the offensive now. So they were playing defense for the first two seasons. Now they're taking it right at Shredder and Krang.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and they're taking it right to him. And they start the broadcast. And Krang, who Chris has claimed historically has has a lot of things to do, just doing a lot of things in the Technodrome. At this moment, is now watching a soap opera on his giant television what can only be described as a daytime television soap opera. He loves it. He's fucking eating it up with a spoon. Yeah. He's crying. He's feeling all the
2: emotions.
1: Everyone's got their guilty pleasures. And everyone learned this fact in college when they were cramming for something they didn't study for. Your brain can only function at a high level for like 20 to 30 minutes at a time or something like that. And then you need to give it a little rest before you go back into work. And can be productive. So who am I to judge Crane who, lest we forget John, had just invented, number one, machinery that could detect alien earth or alien metal on earth from the subterranean level, but also had subsequently invented an alien metal detector to give to Shredder. So this is his downtime. I'm not going to judge what he's doing.
0: But is he not just grasping, like, one, this thing has been on Earth for a thousand years. Why Is he just trying to figure out ways to conquer Earth, and he figures if there's some alien metal around here, that would be worth it? That's kind of what I was thinking, is,
2: like, he's got a notebook of, like, okay, here's the shit on Earth like that we possibly could use. And he's just going down the list, like, this is the first thing we should get. Oh, we fucked that up. Now we're down to, like, number 19 on the list. Um, yeah, the first or, 18 were crystals yeah or or my other thought was um it's like he's so knowledgeable like about the universe and all these dimensions is that this these kind of details get lost in the weeds when he's thinking about like oh yeah that's right that sword you know the alien sword a thousand years old blah 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 and then it all kind of comes back to him
1: i think it's like the you know cast a wide net approach just throw a bunch of stuff out there he doesn't know what he's looking for He's just looking for something, and then when he identifies it, he runs with it.
0: Maybe. But anyways, he's watching a soap opera, and we get a special Channel 6 breaking news bulletin alert um, where April basically says that she's learned the location of the mutant turtles and then just doxes them immediately and says they're right below Center Street and 3rd Avenue. And Chris, I have to imagine you looked up where this was.
1: I did. It does not. There is no intersection of Center Street and Third Avenue in Manhattan, Mm -hmm. so non-existent. Which maybe?
0: So maybe she.
1: Maybe it's intentional.
0: Yeah, maybe it is. Um, And then you know, the news. And Shredder's like, "Hey, great job, April." That was or Splinter's like, "Hey, great job." That's exactly what I wanted you to do. And then you got to get out of here. And then lo and behold, almost immediately, Shredder comes in with his fancy sword through the dimension. And he's just ready to fuck shit up again. And we get fight scene number two of this episode. Raph is, I think this was part of the plan because they were waiting I don't know if they thought it was going to be so quick, but they were waiting. So Raf turns on, uh, opens up a spigot or whatever, and blasts Shredder right in the fucking face with a jet stream of water.
2: Again, I, mean, actually, I this assume is, this poo, poo water. Yeah. yeah. Well, whatever it is, this is not the first time Shredder's been blasted with the water from the turtles. So in my head, I was like, he fell. He fell for the oldest trick in the book again. Um. Shredder, yeah. What do you expect?
1: (laughs) Very, to me, again, loved Splinter's plan. This required probably a leap of faith to have, to just hope that Shredder was going to appear exactly in line with this valve. Because if he's four feet to the right, this whole plan is no good.
0: Yeah, that's true. I thought for a sec, So, Shredder basically gets busted with the water. He holds on to the sword amazingly in a feat of incredible strength. And then he gets up. I thought what he was going to do was open up the portal to send the water through and basically not deal with it. But he just, he's like, you, you, lest you forget silly turtles that I have the sword. And then he cuts the dimension and walks through so he's out of the way. Uh, But then he opens up. He basically leaves the dimension and then he comes right back, right behind April. And he opens up a dimension again, basically pushes her over, ruins her story, her camera that she was filming at some point again. She falls over in the water. Um, and he shredder, very strong, picks up this microtransmitter that they use to blast signal to the Technodrome and fucking hucks it at Donnie. This thing cracks a pipe, opens up another geyser. Donnie gets fucking blasted through a sewer grate, through a sewer cap right up into like above the <laughs> above, uh, ground level. And he's just like flailing in the, the top of this uh, eruption. Um, and then eventually, I don't know, runs out of water. The geyser stops. He falls right down on Bebop. Rocksteady is like on. He's charging to hit the turtles. He gets hit. I think Raf or someone throws a fucking the satellite dish from the transmitter right at <laughs> Rocksteady who then gets pwned. Um, yeah, it's it,
2: madness is going on right now. Yeah, but Shredder picking on the girls. I mean, was that really necessary just to shove April down? I yeah, don't Ms. think so. Neil. Yeah, Ms. it was O'Neil. funny, though. Not necessarily, but very funny. Yeah, um, and then yeah, I mean, Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady with the sword are looking pretty strong. I mean, yeah. they this is you know this fight scene is not over yet, but not working in the turtles' favor, and then obviously to steal the sword from the turtles in the first place, Shredder yeah. um, wreaks some havoc. So Shredder, he's actually doing pretty good. Particularly one of those. Yeah.
1: One of the funnier April getting pushed over. Very funny just in how it was animated. But also when Shredder first gets blasted with the water, he falls down. But Bebop and Rocksteady continue to get blasted in the face with water and like pinned against the wall and stay there as he slices and goes. He gives his little speech slices and walks through the portal. And they're just continuing to get hammered in the face. With water for what's probably like 10 seconds of the actual episode so to me it was very funny
0: yeah and the whole the whole scene just kind of reminds me of a uh, doctor strange like just opening portals and like falling through and like going back like shredder is just playing mind games with these turtles right now going through these dimensions they, their heads spinning they don't know what the fuck's going on
2: and i i was really intrigued at what is he going into like what is this place especially when it first happened because he disappeared and then he reappeared in the um technodrome i'm like what is this pink lisa frank dimension like are we going to see what it looks like
0: and uh hopefully we do yeah yeah perfect segue we do see what it's going to look like because at this point butler and rocksteady have just been they're done they're like fucking they've been laid to waste. Um, Shredder, now he's ready to basically fight Splinter again. So he comes up behind Splinter, who is like, I don't know, stunned, shocked at this point. Basically pulls him into the ether. Um, And they go in and they, they basically are flying around this zero space where there's just these like I don't know chunks of land sort of floating around. It's purple. It's it's weird. Um, yeah, shredder shredder calls it the first way he introduces it is the
2: back of beyond, which number one yeah that is a awesome name f- for this place. But number two, it it's awesome inside. Like it's dope is what I wrote. D O P E. Like for all see, you see, I
1: think it's. I'm on the other hand, It's really? terrifying. Yeah, like the fact that it's just i mean it, the colors are cool i guess but floating around in nothingness is like terrifying to me
2: yeah and he drops a nowhere uh, i think it might be later in the episode but shredder refers to it as nowhere which is a if you guys have seen guardians of the galaxy you know where or um avengers end game or mm-hmm. yeah end game i think uh or infinity
0: War. yeah nowhere is a place in Marvel, yeah, so well, keep that mind. Yeah, I mean, Splinter is basically like, he's like, they want to fight. He wants to fight. It's been a while since you've had a Splinter on Shredder 1v1. Uh, but Splinter drops a line. He says, Shredder, I've defeated you everywhere, and I will now defeat you nowhere. Um, But Shredder's like, oh, silly, silly rat. I'm just going to leave you here forever. You're just going to be stuck in this portal, this dimension, and you're never going to come back, which I had in my notes that is absolutely diabolical.
3: Yeah.
2: Quite diabolical. Also kind of a, um, I would say, Bush League move by Shredder. In my mind, like Bush League, like he should he should finish the deed or not. He shouldn't just imprison splinter forever. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he should kill him or not, but to put him in like limbo, essentially, um, shout out to inception, greatest movie all time. Some may say, um, to just stay in limbo forever. Maybe he wants to see his, his sensei go mad, you know, or his former sensei.
1: Yeah. It is. It's like sadistic yeah. to trap somebody in it. A- another dimension like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so Shredder, he leaves the back of beyond and goes back into the sewer. And he's like turtles surrender. The turtles are like where the hell is spunter? Where's our sensei? It's freaking sensei appreciation day and this shit is happening? It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Shredder's like you have 1 hour to decide whether or not you're going to surrender. And if I'm ever gonna give your sensei back, and he absolutely he cuts no open, reason,
1: no reason to give an hour at all.
0: Yeah, Just far too generous.
1: The right there, what are you doing?
0: Far too yeah, generous. I'm not really sure what the plan was. No. Um, but he cuts open the dimension because he's gonna leave now, and he be, he's like, "Bebop Mark said he wipe your feet before you fucking yeah. travel through my dimension,' which I thought was funny, and then they hop in." and they close up. The turtles try to chase after him, but they're not able to sort of follow him in. Um, and Donnie's like, alright, well, i got a plan to figure out how we're going to get Splinter back. But I need to somehow get everybody to the old auto junkyard, and April says we can use the channel 6 transmitter to get the message through.
1: Yeah, I couldn't help but notice when they're entering the dimension, because he said wipe their feet, it appears that Rocksteady and Krang might be wearing the same boots around. Oh. Very oh, similar really? shoes. It looked they looked exactly the same. Yeah.
0: Low melting to point.
2: Check that out. I think um, I got a knock splinter for hatching. I mean, give him credit for hatching an awesome plan, but then he was like caught off guard the entire like subsequent follow up to that plan like by luring Shredder in. You know, I'm not I'm obviously getting stuck in another dimension is absurd and you can't predict that. However, like what have you done for me lately, Splinter? Like head on a swivel. You know what Shredder and company are capable of and they've got this alien sword. Like I don't know. I just I was a little disappointed. There was a big build up and a letdown with Splinter here.
1: Yeah, incredible yeah. point, Andrew, because what was Spointer doing when Shredder arrived? He was winding up an extension cord.
2: Yeah, and like talking to April. <laughs> to yeah. yeah. yeah,
1: And you know, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, they he's caught surprised by the dimension hopping, but they know that that's what Shredder is doing. So you have to have some sort of plan other than a water main going off.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. So he kind of deserves to be stuck in there at least for a little bit.
0: Which actually will bring us to our first segment for this episode, which is a best, worst, but twist. It's just the best. This is like the fucking all reds Starburst package wow. or the all folded chips Lays package. What? Which isn't That's a, a thing? thing? But it should be. Oh. No. It should be. This is the best of the best. So... With all this trans-dimensional time, not really time travel, but basically being able to go wherever you want, whenever you want, I posed the question to my two co-hosts, what would be the best three categories to go to, to be able to go to? What is the best sporting event that you would want to go and see in person? What is the best historical event? that you would wanna be present for? And then what is the best literary or fictional event that you would wanna be present for or experience in person through the use of this Alien Sword transdimensional time travel machine? So there's three categories and there's three of us. And so we'll each get to pick first on a category. For sporting event, Andrew, that will be you. So what do you think would be the best sporting event to go to? If you could travel,
2: and again, this is we are adding the like time element to this, right? We're not just saying slice to present day, just in a different place. Yeah. No. Okay. So, not exactly sure what that means, but so meaning our like, like for example, Shredder cannot time travel. He can just teleport to different places on Earth through that dimension. We're saying we can. Teleport to a specific place and time in history. Yes, 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 okay. yes. Okay. All right, John may so, want to
1: teleport back to the start of the episode to watch it again and realize that's how the sword works.
3: What?
2: I think I just confused him I on the is. way the way I worded the question. But yeah, with regard to sports, obviously um, there's a lot to consider, um, and I would normally run through my list of honorable mentions, but John and Chris will give me shit for that because I may accidentally pick one of theirs. I like to build some hype in the crowd and then, you know, uh, go from there. However, I'm just going to flat out say it 2004 Red Sox World Series. And why? Why may you say? Well, uh, number one, I lived through that. We all lived through that time period. And um, if you're from New England, if you're a Red Sox fan or even if you're a Yankees fan, I would say, or a baseball fan, in fact, um, you'd have to say that maybe one of the most it's at least if it's not number one on your list, it's like in your top three of all time, no matter what team you're a fan of. I mean, Red Sox broke the curse of the Bambino, um, came back from a 3-0 deficit, never been done before. Um, It was just great. So that team, awesome. You know, I was in college. I remember uh, laying in bed, watching the game, and everyone in my entire dorm room just going bananas after uh, they won game seven. So a lot of other great sporting events, but for me personally, that is the one I would want to be at. <laughs> Andrew, yeah, 15 word. years old in college. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're thinking of seven. Oh, I
2: think. I'm thinking of 07, you're right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like he's making his own uh-huh. reality up.
0: <laughs> um also, how about the Red Sox nation just blaming 86 years of incompetence on the curse on a curse? Yeah. I mean I, mean, it,
1: I obviously wasn't like none of us were really old enough to have lived through most of that, but the stuff that yeah. happens. Kind of insane. So I, I don't know. I believe the curses were.
2: Yeah. Well, well, it was crazy too? Again, not you know, not to go way into here because uh, again, this is a TMNT podcast, not a Boston Red Sox. However, Nomar Garcia, you know, uh, was the face of the Boston Red Sox for a long time, and he got traded that year. So it was kind of like this. It was this crazy series of events that happened, um, but just so memorable clearly i mix it up with 07 i mean the red sox won so many championships in that little stretch there It's hard to uh <laughs> it's hard to keep track of but um 04 definitely dave roberts like he's a legend so um yeah that's it that's my pick the best sports event of all time would be the
0: 04 red sox world series yeah
1: definitely the best so baseball th- one i will agree
0: yeah, so you would want to be at the... games. Uh, I think they... But so it was game four of the... I would donkeys. want to be at game...
1: Game seven of the Yankees, probably?
2: Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, I think I would... I don't even know if it's game seven, because game four is when... Was it game four when Robert stole? Or is that game seven? I can't game remember four. now. Yeah. So it's hard to say, like, do you want to go to the defining moment that lives in infamy, or do you want to just go to when they clinch? And I think I would say the defining moment. So I think I want to be game four. Yeah, game four Dave Roberts mm. sealing the base. I think that would be it.
0: <clears throat> Very well. All right, I'm gonna go second here. Chris, you're gonna go last. I, fine, I had a couple here. Yeah. I am going to nineteen eighty. And I'm going to Lake Placid. New York, for the Miracle on Ice, USA versus Russia, because we all know the upset story. Disney made a movie on it, which was great. Um, But also it was, so if anyone recalls, it wasn't televised live, so it was recorded and then played later that night during primetime. So I feel like it would just be cool to be there to watch the US slay Russia, the hockey giant of the world for the past however many years before that so going to Lake Placid 1980 Miracle Ice yeah
2: that's definitely one I considered I mean that's that is so important because it was bigger than just sports especially at that time um, but I'm not a hockey fan it pains me to say it I'm not a hockey fan um, so man yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: and i think the great game obviously but they were all like the that game was just you're waiting for them not to blow it basically there wasn't like a miraculous ending it was just them up and trying to hold on and as everybody knows not the actual gold medal game so you lose a little bit of luster that's fine
2: yeah which i mean i'll i that's what i'll say about my pick too is i uh not to confuse people, I was picking the ALCS game four, so not the World Series, which is obviously the more significant part for, for the Red Sox, and same with I think this, it's not you know, for the gold medal. So is it a bad thing, or is it actually saying like these moments have so much balls that they carry their weight even if it's not for the championship? Yeah. Yeah, or they and, have
1: pucks. Yeah. Well, both similar too in that mm-hmm. like it was the hurdle that they had. Like the Red Sox had to get over the Yankees. The U.S. had to get over the Russia. So the like the final gold the medal game in the over the Russians <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like the Cardinals World Series. Like they just rolled. They steamrolled them both times. So um, okay, my pick. I I think mine's going to be the least popular of all of ours. But I'm going to March eighth, nineteen seventy one. Can either of you guess? I can I'm going to the fight the quote fight of the century Ali Frazier one and I'm going for a couple of reasons one Muhammad Ali is an icon a sports icon a social icon everything he did the greatest self-proclaimed with that and also
0: someone that someone that Chris would not want to transport and switch consciousness with right. That's what I was just going to say. Is John
2: elected Muhammad Ali and Chris poo pooed his uh, yeah. his choice?
1: I don't think it would years. be fun to be Muhammad Ali. <laughs> All
0: right, continue you with hate. your thing.
1: Yeah, John thrown whatever. So, <laughs> I there's there's nothing and boxing wasn't today. Boxing is dead, but there's nothing that gets the buzz going like a super fight, and this was in. You know, the prime of boxing it was like a world event. This is the peak of it. Probably the most anticipated fight of all time. So, just to be in that environment, I think would be incredible. And the fight itself was a fantastic fight. So, I'm going to the fight of the century. Oh, Ali Frazier won.
0: First, it was the first heavyweight championship bout with two undefeated boxers. Ollie and Frazier. Yeah, great fight.
2: Who won it?
1: Frazier. 14th round by decision. And then Ollie won the second fight that they had. I don't think they ever fought a third one.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, boxing. There's been a couple like the McGregor and May- Mayweather. Mayweather. Yeah, I remember I remember live streaming that on some bootleg account on twitter someone had it was like someone in ireland was just basically had a stand set up they were filming i was watching it with like this guy's family because that was like a gimmick fight too that wasn't even
1: a real i know so so that's
0: that's what i was going to say about
2: boxing is like i've watched some of the old stuff and like back in the day when they were just like beating the shit out of each other like it wasn't the standoff because the mcgregor and mayweather I'm not into boxing but I was so let down because the, it was basically the entire fight they were just dancing around the ring and then yep. like yep. in the later rounds Mayweather started to do his work which I know is part of his strategy but I like just two heavyweights just slugging it out like haymakers <laughs> you know what was that game we used to play for PlayStation um Fight Night Fight Night fucking best. shout out to that game and EA Sports whoever created it. that game is one of my favorite games of all time even though <laughs> Even though, like, I feel like we didn't even play it that long. It was just incredible. So, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for for vintage boxing for sure.
1: Yeah, I don't know if John froze, but I used to own John in that game with Sonny Liston. I used to drive him nuts. <laughs> You're so eager <laughs> now. But anyway, not to go on a boxing diatribe. It's boxing. Modern boxing is ruined. People don't fight. The biggest fighters don't fight each other because they're afraid to lose and It's all yeah.
0: garbage. Yeah, lame. Okay, so that was great. That was the best sporting event. Now we're going to go to the best historical event. And I am going to go first for this one. Chris, you can go second. Andrew, third. So historical event that I would want to be at. I'm going straight out Boston Tea Party. Which I'm a big fan just of the American Revolution. I think it was a cool time where it's like you have these 13 colonies that are just, you know, doing their thing. I'm sure that Tea Party itself, probably like the actual event was probably not that like, like spectacular. But yeah, I feel like it was memorable cool to sort of, yeah, to sort of witness and see. And I just think it plays a big part. I live in Boston now, right outside of Boston. And so I feel like you're growing up in history. So to go back and sort of see that, I think it would be cool. So I'm going Boston Tea Party.
1: yeah that's a good answer i this was the hardest category for me i love history so i i'll go through a bunch of honorable mentions at the end um this might actually be stretching the historical term a little bit so tell me if you want to veto i my top pick was woodstock the woodstock concert so big cultural moment awesome music and it's just one of those things where everybody wanted to be there says they were there and really there weren't that many people there. So I think that is probably the, the thing I'd want to go to most.
2: That's legit. I, yeah. That's a good I idea. never even that's thought about that. Out. Yeah. That was cool.
1: See Jimi Hendrix play the national anthem, fucking tripped out on acid. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Him, not me. That'd be sweet. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, so this was tough because I'm not calling this the best. Uh, his, historical event, but this is the one I would want to go to most. Um, so um, that's my disclaimer, but it would be the Battle of Midway, um, World War II. So I didn't know, I mean, I learned World War II history, but I mean, a long time ago. And when I went to San Diego last month, um, dad and I did the USS Midway tour, which I talked about, but that, is one of the top five like museum tours of i've ever done so highly recommend it but um the first thing we did there uh, when you walk into the like main hangar area is there's a little like 20 minute kind of like get you up to speed uh video and it's great but it, it specifically talks about the battle of midway and why that's so significant and the short version um i'm gonna butcher this chris can Collaborate, and I'm sure John can too, but basically the Japanese had the best Navy in the world and they were basically floating like this, uh, insane Naval armada, um, towards Midway, which is named Midway. It's an Island that's midway between San Francisco and, and Tokyo, um, in the Pacific ocean. So it was strategic for the U S to retain that for world war II, two. And, uh, it was like the underdogs upsetting you know it was exactly like we were talking about the russians versus u.s um hockey game or uh, red sox yankees and the alcs it was the underdogs a bunch of 19 year old like scrappy americans just fucked up the japanese so um i would like to be there because it was such a defining moment in the war um that really like turned the tides i think for the u.s and the the allies nice andrew is Eaten out of the bowl of big midway tourism here. Yeah, I don't know, Chris. Yeah, tell me that, tell me where I'm wrong or or elaborate. But
1: no, world. There's so many. World War II is just unbelievable. How many like crazy stories there are and how.
2: Yeah, like, like D Day. War, but yeah, it's uh,
1: unbelievable the stuff that happened.
2: Yeah, like D Day was the other thing because I don't know. I I go back and forth, but like D Day, I think the reason I didn't pick it is because it was obviously both of those uh battles were so devastating but have you ever have you guys watched the beginning of saving private ryan
1: yeah it's like just like hard to watch
2: yeah hard to watch and like obviously that is was in theater so it's like that's not even how bad it really was so for me it's like if i was there i would be fucking like terrified of what was going on and i don't think you, anybody really knew you know what i mean you just f- hope for the fucking best so yeah Either way, World War II, absolutely. Um, I just picked Midway because um, probably because I just went on that tour and it's like ingrained in my mind. But I don't think you can go wrong. Uh, you know, the good guys
0: good guys won. Nice. Great. Okay. That was the best historical event. Number three category, best literary event. Chris, you will go first and your yeah, second. I,
1: this there are a couple that stuck out in my mind. I don't think anyone's gonna choose this one. Yeah, John. You maybe you did. I had Bilbo's birthday party in the Shire <laughs> in in the first War of the Rings. They in the, if you watch the movie, just seems like an awesome time. The Shire just seems like an awesome place to be. Really nice countryside, a lot of food, but just that that little party they do with the fireworks and everybody celebrating just seems like the best summer festival harvest birthday party you could be at so Hmm. i would choose bilbo's birthday party all the stuff after no thank you but that (laughs) seems like a good time
2: that's a good one that's a good one um this one was tough for me because uh i mean there's a million things to choose from but again i'm going recency bias um i would want to go to the moment that uh essentially like all the fucking Avengers emerge from you know uh, whatever we call this, the beyond nowhere fucking, they came back right so it's in Endgame right after Cap fucking like for those last time goes to pick up his freaking shield and like sh- he straps it down and then he hears Falcon in his ear saying like Cap and it's like going in and out and then all of a sudden like all these portals like Doctor Strange is just opening all these portals so I could see myself just like slicing in and just like blending in with the crowd and just seeing all of a sudden like again the Avengers just and and all their allies just fucking destroy Thanos and uh, and their group so I'm going with that moment in Endgame it's pretty
0: good that is a great part of it's like spine tingling part of the movie it's like fuck yeah yeah okay those are good Chris I'm surprised you didn't do anything in the Harry Potter universe
1: that was all my second choices but there's I would want to see Hogwarts, but a lot of bad shit happens in Harry Potter that I wouldn't want to be around for. So yeah,
0: so I'm going to Hogwarts, and specifically, I know where you're going. I'm going to the end of book one <clears throat> and or movie one, where fucking Dumbledore is handing out points in the house cup like fucking it's <laughs> like it's candy. To sit there, I I would obviously be in Gryffindor, although I'm told I would probably be more in Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw. I don't know.
1: You're Ravenclaw.
0: Yeah. But just to see the look on everyone's face when Dumbledore is just like a hundred points for this shit, a hundred points for that shit, 50 points for fucking Neville and all this bullshit. And then they win. And it's like, God damn it. I would love to be there.
1: See, I would think if I was going to go with Hogwarts, one of the ones I had was the first day as a first year when you get sorted into your house. Just so you can know what house you're gonna be in. And you get a cool feast, you could see the castle.
2: Yeah, so, and you go you go through the nine and three fourths fuck or whatever it is. The uh, yeah. three quarters. Yeah. You're yeah.
1: right technically, but it's funny to hear it. <laughs> nine yeah. and three fourths. <laughs> um
2: yeah. Yeah. Harry Potter would be cool though. I mean, to to be yeah, to be at Hogwarts and all that shit. Yeah.
1: Or go to um the three broomsticks, get some butter beer.
2: But if we're yeah. Good. Even just picking out your wand and shit
0: like that would be cool, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, diagonally, that'd be pretty sweet.
0: Yeah. All right, let's run through some honorable mentions. What do we got? Some HMS. What do we do by by a category, just to keep it a little bit yeah. cleaner? All right, yeah. So sports. sports. Let's
2: start with sports. Oh, I mean, some may have chosen our 2007 state championship. <laughs> I li- I lived it. I mean, John lived it. Chris Chris lived it, but. Somebody else may have chosen it. Shout out Tantasqua. Um, but on a serious note, I, I definitely had the hockey game. Definitely had obviously the Red Sox is the one I chose. It was tough. There's so many good sport events like Michael Jordan retiring or like coming back. Maybe his first game back would be cool. Um, Kobe's last game. You know, there's just like
0: it's hard to pick. MJ when he hits the shot over the yeah. Like, Jazz. Yeah, I thought Sports about that.
1: is like. To me, it's either champion, like major championship ones or like incredible comebacks are the ones I would want to see. So, like the Pats Super Bowl where they came back. Yeah. You watch it on TV. Obviously, I'm not a Pats fan, but see that live would probably be cool.
0: I think it would be good. I had the Tuck game on my. Yeah. Um, Cause, just because it was like snowing, like yeah. the atmosphere, I think would be very cool. And the that start of like the dynasty.
1: At the <laughs> bottom of my list.
0: <laughs> I also had, um, I don't really. I don't really know probably any of the games that the dream team played in the Olympics, so they were just dominating yeah. everybody. I was
1: Do you ever hear of that practice scrimmage they had where yeah. it was like a close That's what I would go to for that team.
0: Yeah, it
2: was um yeah, they split the squads and they were like it was supposed to just be like a friendly yeah. scrimmage and they like everybody buckled down and they were like fucking out for blood. They a yeah. fucking team. And I think I uh, yeah who who was interviewed that said that was the best game in the entire olympic run was the practice between like you know magic magic yeah magic and bird and all that and jordan i think
1: they call it the greatest game never played there's like there's a name for it
2: oh i saw that yeah yeah Yeah. that was cool um i thought about uh like you know vin scully right maybe his first game he ever called like that would be cool because it was fucking forever ago you know just like these icons are um John Madden, you know, like maybe his first or last game. I don't know, just something like that would be would kind of be cool too.
1: What about this? What about, this is kind of messed up, but to go back to the Roman Coliseum and see some of the stuff that was going on there, I think yeah, like kind of cool. Yeah, like when they
2: said they used to like flood it with water and have battleships and shit in there, that would be yeah, cool. Yeah, that would be sweet. Yeah. Or like
1: chariot, or, um, whatever chariot races.
0: I was doing some research too. Um, there was an Olympic event. It was like, I think in the 40s, where I've Gosh, I forget the guy. He set th- four. He set three world records and tied a fourth world record in track and field in a forty-five minute span. It's for probably Jesse day. Owens. Yeah, that, know, was that was it. The, Jesse Owens. Yeah. Well, he
1: was also like the Munich Games when Hitler was like doing his thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, crazy. So that'd be cool. Okay, what about historical event honorable mentions? I had uh, the Boston Massacre also on my list. Yeah
2: yeah although i heard i mean that it's significant but it was i mean how many people died it was like six a or something a or murder, like, basically yeah christmas yeah.
1: got shot and then yeah
2: yeah yeah that's fine but so i think yeah. i think people yeah if especially if you're outside of boston you don't realize why that was so significant um or you may realize why but the details of of its significance um but yeah absolutely like anything revolutionary war like I, I'd love to be there when the guy was like, don't shoot till you see the whites of their eyes. Like if that quote actually was happening, like I want to be right next to that guy, the fucking general yeah. as he's saying that, you know what I mean? Like that would be a badass like moment in history too. For sure.
1: I had, so mine, I thought battles would be cool, but I was also in my head, I was like, I don't know if I'd want to watch that in person. So a lot of mine were like, I had the construction of the pyramids or Stonehenge just to see how they were doing it. Like what pop do you in think in it day. was done in a day? No, but if you pop in on one day, you're going to see the process. So, you know, figure all those secrets out. I had this, this was actually my sweeper pick going to the library of Alexandria before it burned down just to see, poke around, see what was in there, all the lost knowledge that we would have had.
0: I think I saw something that said about 80% of what was in that library is actually like was passed on to other. Like it's not lost.
1: Not well, whatever, John. I'll know for sure. And then I had yeah. a, this is kind of religious, but the Council of Nicaea, where they decided what was going in the Bible, just so I could be like, what did they throw out that could have been in there?
2: Yeah, I would also say, kind of in that vein, like, um, I would love to just go back and like hang out with fucking Leonardo da Vinci for a day and just be like. What is, or you know, any of those Renaissance guys? That's just like philosophers, and just fucking ask them questions or pick their brain. Or were they really as prolific as history says? I don't know.
0: You know, or how what about like when kind of, everyone was signing the Declaration of Independence? Yeah. yeah, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be a fun, cool moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be a cool moment.
2: You know, because it's like the start of you know,
0: yeah, it's like one we're of the declare independence. Yeah. John fucking Hancock puts a giant signature on it. I mean, I would have if fucking.
1: Why wouldn't you? Such a fucking power move to just bam. Like that's all <laughs> anyone knows about him is that he just signed his name, fucking huge. You <laughs> imagine if he came back today and he's like, "Holy shit, I'm famous for this!" Like,
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: I know, but you can't tell me you wouldn't do the same thing or like do a little like emoji or something to make your th- or put yeah. a box around it. You know what I mean? Like, you want your. John Hancock to stand out. So
1: the question is, what number? Wow, his so
0: his signature was so famous that we call other people's signatures by his name. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: Like, did he? He didn't sign first, right?
0: You go that big, you kind of have to. Well, I'm saying
1: whoever went second, like, how did they not just match it?
2: (laughs) Yeah,
0: like like, he must have been third and been like,
1: yeah, fuck these guys, I'm gonna show off here. Maybe it was last.
2: Yeah, John Hancock was the first. Was the first who to second, sign.
1: Who going, he probably signed it, and they're like, dude, we can't all fit if you do this. <laughs> I got to go small now.
2: Yeah, that's the ultimate dick move. He's like, oh, yeah. all right, how many are in here? A uh, hundred people yeah. have to sign this? Okay, I'm going to take up the first quarter of the page. It's going to yeah. be bold right under the center, and that way nobody else can one <laughs> on me.
1: He probably knew. He's like, they're not going to fucking rewrite this whole document. I'm going to get in here big. Everyone's going to have to go small. <laughs> I'll, be, I know. I'll be standing out.
2: Yeah, or imagine if they're like, Fuck. Like America's probably not even gonna be here in a hundred years because like we fucking just won this by the skin <laughs> of our teeth. Like this thing's gonna go down and they're gonna be burned in history. But here we are, so
0: crazy. Or how about um how about when uh when they cracked the liberty bell? <laughs> yeah. However it happened.
1: <laughs> I think it was a like, cast that The guy that made it was probably like, shit. Well, <laughs> send it out, maybe they won't notice. It still rings.
2: Uh, or Paul Revere, like, like the or, other guy. How about how about like, this? Speaking of history events, what about fucking uh like what? Okay, whether you believe in creationism or not, like what about going back to the beginning of time, like fucking the Big Bang? Like if you believe in that, going to that moment and just like slicing open, and being like, "Oh shit!" Like what the fuck's yeah. going on? And then getting out, you it's know, just I
1: mean? like a bomb going <laughs> off, and you're know, like, "Oh, it's real." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You slice
2: cool. it, it's just something
3: exploding. You just close
2: yeah. it back up. Or like the second go there, the second before the explosion? Because what is that? Like, what does that void look like? Why I a know. second? How
0: about 10 minutes before?
2: Well, whatever. Why? Like, just before before it happens. I don't know. No, that would uh, be cool.
0: That would be pretty cool. Actually, I would... Yeah, we a lot of dinosaurs that we were talking Imagine. about a couple episodes ago, but...
2: Yeah, or imagine you slice through and you're, it's about to happen. You just like hock a loogie and you fucking close it up and go back <laughs> just to be like, oh, fucking throwing this, sprinkling this little uh, detour into here. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, by the way, DNA. how do we not mention, not to divert this, how the fuck have we not talked about the aliens of that have just been in the news, like this alien shit that's been going yeah. on right now with all this alien sword stuff?
0: I got no clue what's going on with the aliens.
1: He said they found they have like alien bodies. Basically, they said,
2: "Yeah, non-human." That fucking FBI or something.
1: Yeah, some there's a whistleblower that was in the government or whatever that basically is testifying in front of Congress that he knows that we found alien spacecraft and alien or like non-earth organic bodies or whatever. Basically, saying they have aliens and he can tell you. He wouldn't testify, but he said he would tell Congress in private who holds the information on where all that stuff is.
0: Well, who is he blowing the whistle on? It's
1: the government. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well,
2: he's, yeah he's no, blowing I, it I don't know how you missed that. That was fucking huge. I like think this, it's because, honestly, sweet,
0: because I usually get my news through Twitter, and now I don't understand Twitter anymore. Gotta go to Reddit, John. Fucking get on Reddit. That's where The, the floodgates
1: of aliens are opened, and they're just telling us everything now.
0: Well, like, a couple of years ago, they are like, hey, yeah, UFOs are a thing. They yeah, well, they, they call UFOs they, anymore. They declassified
2: a whole bunch of that information. Yeah, they call them... Um, yeah, I forget what they call them now. But point being, have... like, we should have fucking... Out. I've already mentioned that, but that's wild. Like, obviously, I believed in that. And, like, a lot of people did, that aliens exist, and they've landed here and all this shit. But to have somebody possibly again I guess they have to prove it but possibly saying that it's real I fucking love it I love it
1: it would be cool to go to like Roswell or wherever that alien supposed to have crashed it'd be a good yeah. cool point to travel back to just <laughs> just grab <laughs> the alien body and zip out of there
0: <laughs> it's also just like I don't know like aliens crash here and they just happen to do it in the US
1: I was thinking that too we're the only ones that have all this alien info yeah what, the why going on here?
0: Yeah, why, what the fuck's happening here
1: it is curious.
0: Yeah. Remember, yes. All right. Any other uh, literary? Um, I can't. Oh, can we just pause here? I cannot believe that I didn't think about going back to the Big Bang. Yeah. It didn't even cross my mind.
1: That would kind of scare me. Because I'd be like, what if you go back before you exist? That's like a fucked up time travel rule. You can't do that.
0: Yeah.
2: The, yeah. The fucking... It's uh, like the what paradox is of Loki? time traveling. Yeah, yeah, you, you create yeah the time uh TVA the time variant administration or whatever would fucking come get you. Yeah, a, all okay. right, just show Any me the other... first
1: human, something Bigfoot, give me fucking anything.
0: Yeah, the so the literary ones yeah, were the ones that were to when they're taking that photo of Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, I want to know what the fuck was going on with that photo.
1: I know that he's real,
2: so it doesn't impact me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, the literary stuff is where I didn't have a whole lot. Um, I thought about like books I liked reading. You know, Ender's Game was a fucking great book.
0: Yeah. yeah, if I know one thing about Andrew, it's that he likes the book Ender's Game.
2: Yeah, it was fucking great. Um, but that was cool. Uh, I'd like to go there cause just because of the technology and stuff. You know, being able to fucking go into space and i guess there was a movie i never saw but um the other <laughs> thing yeah whatever shit.
1: none of us chose to go back to any turtles related stuff which is interesting go pop around the sewer say what's up this oh. winter
2: or it would have been cool to go to fucking uh, eastman and laird's like apartment when they were fucking penning the first comic and just be like hey yeah. instead of naming him raphael just name him andrew like it's fucking way better you know, or something yeah. like that
1: Donatello, Michael, Andrew, Leonardo, with Andrew, <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, or something like that. You know, what I mean, where it was, yeah, it's a good point. We we didn't pick any turtles. Uh, turtles history. I'd love history. to
1: drive the turtle van. That'd be pretty sweet.
2: I was I was I was going to mention too. Um, for uh, Chris had said we didn't choose any turtles. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Time travel. There was an episode. I would. If I had to choose Turtles, I would go to the episode, I think it was the 2012 um, series, and I sent it to you guys a couple months ago. Can't remember the name of it. I'll put it in the show notes. But it's a crossover episode where the 2012 Turtles go back to the 87, and then 87 and 2012 somehow end up in the original um, Mirage comic timeline. So uh, fucking crazy. Or I would have picked the Turtles Forever movie because I think they also add the 03 people oh o- three um trolls into that too so you get like all of them at the same time so you could interact with all the different rafts or all the different
0: leos which i think would be cool
1: that is pretty sweet hmm.
0: Very nice cool all right well that was the best worst best edition segment um no pizza power-ups will be awarded for that segment i've already given out one and you guys missed your opportunity for a second a second one Couldn't name the second first grade teacher. All right, so we're back in the episode. If you remember, um, Donnie said he has a plan, and the plan will work if he can just get everybody to the old auto junkyard um, right down the street. So April, she's going to go back to Channel Six to get the transmitter, so that they're going to be able to broadcast to Krang again. Um, But Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady are back in the. Ether, I'll call it. And they're just skipping around, fucking hopscotching over these platforms. Um, And they run into Splinter. Because Splinter's like, this is my way. I can finish my fight with Shredder. um, And I I just want to finish the duel. But Shredder's like, no, not going to happen. He cuts the platform that they're on. Shredder or Splinter kind of goes flailing away. He jumps back to where, but it's too late. Shredder, Bebop, Rock City. They're gone, and he's going to be there forever, and he's never coming back. And Splinter just has this... He just sits there and says, I need to be patient, because my time is going to come to get out of here. Which I thought was very calm of him. I'd be freaking the fuck out if I thought I was going to be stuck there forever.
2: Yeah, doesn't he... Maybe I'm just imagining this, but I feel like he goes to sit down as if he's going to meditate, and
0: like... Fucking think his way out of this place, which is crazy. He knows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so April's back at Channel 6 and she walks through the front door. Just she's reeking of the sewer. She's wet because Shredder pushed her over. She fell. Um, and Irma's there and Vernon's there and he's just like, something. When April comes back smelling like a sewer, that means that there's a new story somewhere and I'm going to scoop it from her. So she leaves out the back, hops in the the tr- uh, Channel Six van to be able to broadcast this network. Vernon kind of sneaks out. April, just awareness of zero here. Like, look, use your mirrors. What are you doing? He, Vern hops, Vernon hops into the back of the van, and they sort of drive off to the junkyard. Not
1: it's not even mirrors. Just thing. use your ears. How do you not hear that rear door opening and closing?
0: Yeah, yeah. Vernon,
2: he's always trying to scoop April. Always,
0: yeah. Never works. Yeah. Never works. So never works. Um. So they get to the junkyard, and Vernon pops out. They start to do the um, broadcast the transmitter, um, and Vernon is operating the camera for April on this thing. Uh, but we go back to the Technodrome, and Chris, what is happening in the Technodrome here again?
1: Krang's watching his soaps. So same. Show different episode it appears. um Did you guys catch? There's a reference to another famous TV show, Brady
2: Brady Bunch. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yep, yep. Nice Andrew. Very nice Andrew. They, I feel like they fucking drilled it into us because they said it, Marsha, and then Krang was talking about the show was like John. It wasn't John, but it was like John and Marsha, whatever. So all I kept hearing was Marsha, and I was curious. Chris, did you look up to see if that? Um, episode air date was around this one, or if that was just
1: it, I didn't, but I think the Brady Bunch was like in the seventies, maybe. So it might have just been mm-hmm. before. I didn't look it up, though. Maybe it was.
3: Hmm. Hmm.
0: Um. Yeah. Greg's watching his soaps. Another uh, interruption from Channel Six here, where April is basically saying, "Hey, news report: the turtles are going to surrender to their arch nemesis, Shredder." um if shredder just comes to the crash him and stash him junkyard um crane is like this is great awesome fantastic hey shredder take along a couple foot soldiers with you while you go up there just in case things go sideways so crane just another death sentence to foot soldiers potentially yeah yellow
2: yellow foot soldiers, yellow head foot soldiers whatever do you want to call them um and they, he took more than a couple, I will say. I think there were four or five that end up that end up going with him. So um, at the end of the day, Crane, he knows what's coming, but what kind of kills me, so he knows the turtles are up to something, but he just kind of lets Shredder figure it out on his own. Like, he gives him this little, hey, you might as well bring some of the brigade with you, but outside of that, he's just like, fuck it, Shredder's got to figure it out on his own.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah. it's this episode in particular... Crane just doesn't seem to give a shit about the plan in general. I know it's his plan, but even when Shredder comes back with the sword, he's not usually there's just a phase two to Krang's plan. Now he's just like, yeah, fucking whatever, dude. I'm watching my show.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so Shredder, he takes a transport module and he pops up right in the drunk yard. And as he's doing this, Vernon gets tossed and sort of stumbles into the trunk of an old car and gets locked inside of it, which is not a great look. And April, like eight tires basically just fling right on April. So she gets like protected by eight tires just sort of stacked right on top of her, which is funny. Um, The Turtles, they're standing, three of them, those three being Michelangelo, Raphael, and Leonardo are standing atop a giant pile of cars. Um, And they're like, hey, Shredder, we're up here. We surrender. And Shredder's like, I'm fucking on to you guys. What is this? a shell game. There's only three of you. Where's the fourth? And as he's saying that, Donnie is in a, I don't even know what this piece of equipment is called. I'm going to call it the magnet truck tractor. (laughs) The magnet truck tractor. (laughs) Fucking powerful ass magnet Basically swings the thing. It's it almost looks like a wrecking ball, but instead of a wrecking ball, it's a magnet. I know it's a real thing. I just don't know what it's called. Chris, Mister Construction.
1: I don't know if there's a specific name. I think it's just a crane with a magnet attachment on it.
0: Oh, well, there might be great. a
1: specific name. I don't know. Yeah,
0: he swings it over Shredder, right where he's standing, and he's like, he's about to flip it on, and Shredder's like, "You fucking idiot! This sword is made of alien material." magnets only attract iron but chris what is shredder wearing
1: apparently iron I, I would call it steel which has iron in it i don't really know but yeah. he's got his metal gauntlets on
0: yeah yeah he's wearing something
1: that's,
2: that's true that's iron is in stainless steel or all steel uh and that crane is in fact called the magnet crane so you guys were correct nice. um But yeah this was a I I actually got duped I believe Shredder I was like oh Donnie you overthought the plan the sword (laughs) isn't made of metal and then lo and behold then I thought about Shredder's armor and the fact that it is does contain iron so
1: and I mean Shredder how do you not know your armor like come on
0: yeah you wear it every day yeah you gotta know so Donnie flips on the magnet. Shredder gets fucking sucked up right to the top of it. None of the I I will note here, yeah. the foot soldiers who we know are robots, are don't have any magnet material Ooh. on them. Ooh, well I thought it, that too. sucked up. So,
2: so does that mean maybe it's made with alien material from Krang and Dimension X? So maybe the foot soldiers are truly a Dimension X thing and not Shredder from Earth,
1: maybe. Perhaps. I don't know. Their skin, their rubbery skin. I don't know. Also, was there another episode where this happened to Shruder? Or am I making that up? At some point, (laughs) I thought he got either caught in a net or like sucked up with a magnet. I could have swore this happened before to him.
0: I don't know. But he gets sucked up pretty quickly. And... Bebop and rock Steady, they're like, all right, got to help Bossman. So they run over to where Donnie is, and they start ripping him out of the tractor. And Donnie's like, hey, don't do that, because you're going to break something. And eventually, they do break something. So they rip Donnie out so hard that the handles rip off of, of the tractor. And at first, I thought it turned the magnet higher, but it eventually just basically turns it off. And Shredder goes sort of collapsing to the ground and falling to the ground here. So that magnet is fucking legit. And i surprised I didn't like suck up more shit. But anyways, it's like the uh, Shredder. Yeah, Donnie outsmarted Shredder.
2: That's just what it came down well, to.
1: My thought was when, Donnie, when people up in Rocksteady are trying to drag Donnie out of the crane, where the hell are the other turtles? Why aren't they helping him? Like The plan is know. them to just stand on top of the hill of garbage and watch after they wave the shredder.
0: True. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but out of nowhere, a fucking alien
2: ship appears. Yeah, literally out of nowhere, as they call that fucking interstellar dimension
3: thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they just open up another portal to the ether, they drop down and we get some like elephant looking fucking aliens. One of them's wearing a visor. The other one's wearing like a really small fascinator, like a hat kind of thing. Um And yeah, it's fascinator. just like, who are these?
1: You just dropped the word fat. No, I've never heard that word in my life.
0: A fascinator?
1: Yeah. Would you like look that up ahead of time? The aliens <laughs> in this show... Whenever they show up are the weirdest <laughs> fucking aliens ever.
2: Yeah, and I was yeah, I was expecting odd. I was expecting the
1: Elvis guys.
2: Yeah, the Elvis guys. And clearly they're a different alien, which is great to see that, you know, there's a lots of different types, but um they're kind of dicks, huh? Those aliens. Yeah. yeah. I'm they're I'm two for two with aliens. Yuppie,
1: yuppie antiquing aliens, I think is what they're listed as in the episode.
0: Yuppie antiquing Aliens are, is exactly what they are. And they are dicks. And so they, they take... They immediately go, they're like, fuck, hey, we left this alien sword made from our ship. This shit is ours. So they just take the sword, they throw it into their ship, and they're like, we're fucking taking this. And then they're like, alright, we're out of here. We're actually going to come back to Earth on June 3rd, 27-28. So, about 700... 630 years in the future from these things. Um, so as they're flying away, the Donnie's like, oh shit, you can't leave us. Um, we need that sword. Or I'm actually not sure why he wants them yeah. to stay.
2: Yeah, because they need to get splinter. They need the sword to get fucking splinter out of the beyond of yeah, whatever. That's right. So they're like, no, you can't. And this gives us, what I will say is my favorite scene Favorite artwork, scene, transition, whatever you want to call it, segment of the cartoon to date, because this fucking grappling hook scene, oh yeah, is f- be fucking nominal.
1: You know what it reminded yeah. me of when they throw the Pokeball in Pokemon, and it gets like its own cutscene. That's very yeah. similar vibes.
2: Yeah, and I think did Donnie throw it? Yeah, Was he it did. Donnie that. Yeah, he threw the so, fucking grappling yeah. hook. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. So he throws a grappling hook onto the alien machine and he's like, Hey, I'm going to anchor this thing down with the Channel 6 news van. Which, as Andrew has mentioned before, is the running joke of the show that the news vans always get destroyed. So, yeah, it's a bit. Wow, very nice. Full circle. Pico, 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 pico. (laughs) (laughs) And so the van is. Obviously not strong enough to anchor the ship. Um, so it rips it up into the sky. And then April's camera also is, which is attached to the van for power gets ripped away. She's all pissed. She's like my fucking camera. I'm not recording this. Um, so the turtles grab onto the van. And then April's like, meet me too motherfucker. And she grabs onto the turtles and they go flying up into the sky through the portal and splinter. Who is sitting in the back beyond is like, This is just fucking reeks of the turtles doing something here. He's like, This is my chance to get out of here. And so he jumps off and he goes, How what's the saying here? And he yells cowabunga and he jumps through the portal to get the fuck out, hits the turtles on the way down, they all go crashing to the ground.
1: They fall about which is a long way, a mile and a half land. Yeah. I think Mikey does the entire bodies in his shell and then he pops back out, but yeah, would kill most other creatures on Earth. Not the turtles yeah. or Splinter. Or April. A human fell a mile and right. died.
2: So. Yeah, it was fucking great though. Splinter drops a cowabunga. It might be the first one of the series, if I'm not mistaken. Number two, um, I, I mentioned this fucking at the top of the show when Chris was quizzing us on what was in the background of the pawn shop and he had laid out all the Avengers um, Easter eggs. Well, this scene is 1000% reminiscent of the first Avengers movie. When Iron Man flies the nuclear fucking uh, bomb into the portal and then passes out and like falls and escapes right as it explodes and it closes up. So that's kind of what this reminded me of. Not as climactic, but Like almost one for one, the same exact fucking thing.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That was good. Also, Splinter jumps. Has Splinter ever heard a cowabunga? I was thinking about that. I don't think he's ever been around when one has been shouted.
2: That's a good point.
0: I don't know. Question. So, yeah,
1: maybe they use it elsewhere. But interesting point.
0: Maybe. Uh, So they land on the ground. They lost the van. They lost the camera. Um, Shredder, Bebop, Steady. they're like, <laughs> we're fucking out of here. They hop into the transport modules with the foot soldiers, sort of dig back down into the ground. And then as the turtles are walking away with April and Splinter, they are like, they hear Vernon in the trunk. He's like, get me the fuck out of here. Everyone's like, well, we forgot about Vernon. No one gives a shit about him. And then he immediately people are back to work at this point and they start um, using the magnet to lift the cars and transport sort of people away. And then we get the end of the episode.
1: Back to work in a broken crane, remember? Just fire it right back up and right back at it. So yeah, union worker, never going to stop them.
2: <laughs> it's like a great episode, though. I, li- I liked it. I mean, it was brief. There wasn't, you know, obviously we've seen more like plot Uh, deeper plots in other episodes but simple to the point there's some fucking like alien stuff some magic time travel or uh, portal fucking traveling it was good I liked it yeah it was
1: and like for how much was going on I feel like it would have been very easy to fuck up this episode so a very good job of with all the chaos going on of keeping it like cohesive I thought
2: yeah Yeah. that's a shout out fucking directly to Michael and Mark Eden who co-wrote it
0: so good job guys Good job. Very well done. Uh, awesome. So let's do turtleisms now.
3: California!
0: And who has done the turtleisms? Because I did not do it this episode.
1: I, I feel like I haven't gone in a while. I'll do them. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. So this, very sparse on the turtleisms, I'll say, on the traditional turtleisms. So I'll go through my list. Some probably borderline, but what are you going to do? So I had... Uh, These are in order that I heard them. Michelangelo gave us an Amigos. We had Chow Time out of Leo. Bull in a Garbage Shop, Mikey said. Um, I don't know if you guys caught this. Shredder, right before he went to kill Leo, said Turtle Sushi. I'm going to turn you into Turtle Sushi. Uh, Donnie gave Melon Head when he went to get the watermelon. We had a Radical Concept Dude out of Mikey. Shell Game out of Shredder. Mikey said, foot's up, hand soldiers, which I thought was funny. The aliens, <laughs> when they were weaving with the sword, Leo said, hey, we need to get our sensei back. And they said, tough tortillas, which I thought was funny. And then Splinter gave a cow bunga when he dove off.
2: Nice. Yeah, the only I had a sparse list, but Crane dropped a slime buckets early in the episode. So, Crane. Yeah.
1: No alliteration. He's usually big on the alliteration.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He does love that alliteration. Swine buckets, All right, Chris. Yeah, thank you for that that wonderful turtleism segment. And now we will move on to the villain power rankings. All right, villain power rankings. Chris, do you want to recap us last week's ratings? Sure.
1: Uh, so one, Shredder remained. Bebop and Rock Steady made the move to number two. Crane fell to three. And we have the Foot Soldiers at four. The Rat King at five. The Vivaldi Crime Syndicate at six. Baxter Stockman at seven. Trag and Granitor at eight. The Rock Soldiers, I believe, fell down to nine. And then Don Tertelli continues to round out the top 10.
0: So awesome. So numbers five through 10, no action for anyone below the rat king for this episode i do not believe so we're strictly talking about one through four here correct four what uh, just a quick recap foot soldiers i don't think they i don't even. i know they went to the surface i'm not sure they did anything no
1: they did not die which is a nice improvement from previous <laughs> episodes
0: it's true yeah they watched shredder get sucked up by a magnet <laughs> yeah. so that's great uh, so I think they need to stay where they are, honestly. I agree. Agreed. Okay. So then it's really a discussion of, we could probably talk about them all together, but Shredder, Bebop, Rocksteady, and Krang, if we think there's any movement here. Um, Bebop, just a quick recap. Bebop, Rocksteady, they kind of didn't do much in the fight scene with the turtles originally where Shredder stole the sword. They got blasted with water straight to the gullet. And they get yeah. a strong showing. I think
2: they got moved. I think so?
1: No positive notes happened. on my end for them. They, To John's point, they got bamboozled in the first fight. They got blasted with water in the second fight. And then, not only that, but they ran away in the first fight. And then, in the... I guess they ripped... Donnie out of the crane, but not a lot of positives for Bebop and Rocksteady.
2: All right. So they're in the three. The three hole, and you guys can see that, right? Yep. Yep. Great. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. They were neutral um, in terms of, you know, they didn't do a whole lot outside of their normal, like, daily character, which is getting fucking obliterated at times. So, I'm fine with moving them to three. So, therein lies the question, again, you know, Krang versus Shredder. What's going on here? Because, if you recall, this was Krang's plan originally. And he created the metal detector to track down this alien sword in the first place. Um, but, I do have to say, my boy Shredder pretty villainous to try to just fucking leave Splinter in nowhere for fucking eternity. <laughs>
0: That's a fucking and badass move. I, I just can't get past Crane watching soap operas while, during the workday.
1: <laughs> well,
0: yeah. <laughs> first of all,
1: <laughs> I think Crane gets a couple points. One, because he's got everyone working their asses off at the start of this episode. I don't want that to be forgotten, that Crane is cracking the whip Shredder, not very villainous to complain about doing your job. So it'll knock on Shredder. But outside of that, I think Shredder did a lot of villainous things. Yeah. He, so I think
2: he, he, he captured Splinter. Leo. And he captured Splinter. Like, So there's no way Crane can jump over Shredder because he at least got one of the, you know, had yeah. Splinter and Leo almost dead to rights, you know?
1: I think, I think Crane moves up, but the gap between Shredder and Crane got a little bit bigger. Yeah, Because had that sword not been magical, he would have killed Leo in the dumpster. He was hacking right at his head. Yeah, it's true. So yeah. as much as I, again, <clears throat> I don't like to see it. I, I have faith that crane will be back on top someday, but Shredder's extending the lead a little bit here.
0: I agree. Yeah, I agree. All right, so that keeps Shredder at one. Krang moves up to two. And B-Boom said he falls to three. Yeah,
2: and then 4 through 10 remain the same. Foot Soldiers, Rat King, Vivaldi Crime Syndicate, Baxter Stockman, Dragon Grantor, The Rock Soldiers, and Don Tortelli.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see the Foot Soldiers. Maybe they can string, string something together here. They've turned the tide of just dying every time we see them, and maybe they can move in a positive direction.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe, perhaps. All right, that's Villain Power Rankings. Now, we will move into... The results of the pizza poll. So last week's question was, what is the best number? Andrew's response was number one. Or P. LOL. Going P is number one. And John John chose 69 as a tongue-in-cheek joke which was the winner. accepted by his co-host. And yes, Andrew, you're correct. The winner was 69. Only 28 votes. We're going down. But 28 votes this time around. 21 of them for the number 69. I feel wow, like you're posting them at the up.
1: wrong time, John.
0: I'm, I'm Googling what is the best I don't think that's time. right.
1: I think you should just do it when most people logically look at TikTok which is as they're going to sleep.
0: I posted this at 8, 8 p.m. Eastern.
1: No, that's John. You think millennials are or Gen? what's the Gen Zers are going to sleep at eight.
0: You think I should post this at like midnight? 10 o'clock. Ten, all right. I'll post the next one at 10. That's fine. Yeah, I no think notes. I, I got, I'll no, do whatever you want. No, I think,
2: I think that works because if it's, 10 Eastern. That's you know, Pacific time that would be 7. And for all the time zones in between, I think that's reasonable as people
0: are winding down post dinner, you know. So, let's give it a go. I will say our most popular polls have been posted approximately 1 p.m. Eastern usually on Fridays
2: or just on various eight, days on Thursday. Thursday. Cuz that's the other thing we may need to consider the day, right? Possibly, I don't know. I'm not a TikToker, so can't really say. I mean, say 28 for
1: sure. is still like 10x what we were getting on Twitter. So
2: true.
0: Yeah, I know, but I mean, we were almost at 200. Almost 200. I know. Yeah. yeah.
1: Also, that question. Some of the better questions probably do better. That yeah. one was a little bland.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. So, Andrew, you'll be eating pizza this week.
1: Yeah.
0: Perfect. Andrew wins or- in
1: my mind because he was true to himself.
0: Yeah, I don't mind eating yeah, pizza. Chris- Go ahead, John. Chris said he doesn't respect, he didn't respect me because of my answer. Who's honest? I kind of feel disrespected. Yeah. I don't, I don't
2: diss it. I just feel like we established an important rule with the pizza poll. You cannot change your answer once you make a decision. So that's yeah. important. That was an important milestone. Of course, it has to do with 69. So it's even funnier. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I do think, um, I mean, yeah. If you're playing, if you're playing to win, John fucking nailed it. He yeah. nailed it. So I will be eating I, I the was,
0: pizza. It, yeah, it was an important lesson for me too. Where I will be answering the polls with my head and with with my heart, and not with my head. Hey, so
2: I've said this before. I have no issue playing to the crowd. I just. I'm true to myself. So I had to go with one. Yeah. I still think that's the answer that I should have won. The fucking pizza poles hate me recently. I've lost every <laughs> single one I've gone to. I've lost every single one I've gone to my last three. Um, so it's I've
0: been eating a lot of pizza. Andrew's eating yeah. pizza. Yeah. yeah. Maybe right, you'll so get a pizza well,
1: puff and you won't have to eat a pizza.
0: Yeah. You can eat a Hot Pocket pizza puff. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. So, Andrew, let's pull up the pizza wheel. Pizza time. Andrew and Chris now are tied for eleven pizzas eaten each. Yes,
1: and as a reminder, as Andrew pulls that up, there are two power ups in play. John and I both have a respin available, which we can choose to use before or after the spin.
0: We have so many slices. There's some weird shit going on in the middle of that circle. Yeah, it yeah. looks like
1: a butthole. It
0: does looks well, like a uh... cat butt.
2: Yeah, that looks like the. You guys ever get into um, black holes and like the horizon event and shit like that? Yeah. Interstellar yeah. shut up. Yeah. That's, if you stare at that long enough, that's what it looks like the horizon event is about to happen in that middle of that pizza slice. But um, keen viewers that are on YouTube watching this at Team Shellcast, that's where we post all of our podcast video. Um, if you're watching on there, you'll notice I still have not. Uh, defaulted back to the pixelated um, graphics for the pizza wheel. So, the question for you guys is shall I do that this week or do I keep it as text? Because could you even here- fit them on there? Yeah. So, here's the question it kind of gets tricky because then we have to remember what with 43 slices, what fucking every image is. Say so, I'm keep the text. Kind yeah, of, I'd say we yeah, keep the text. Kind of have to keep the text. Okay. Very good. Um, with that said, what am I hoping for, and what am I not hoping for? Um, fuck it, granola and licorice just rolled past me. I, th- <laughs> I want it, I want it, uh, I want something fun. You know, I had, I think I had a softball last time. I had cheese, shredded mozzarella. So I'm looking for something unique, like, I mean, jelly bean and mushroom. That's from like episode one, I think. Yeah, yeah
1: that's one I'd actually one that. of right. the older ones. Go.
2: Um, chocolate fudge and anchovy would be fucking disgusting, but there's a lot of anchovy on here too.
1: Does this include the two from this episode?
2: Yes, great point. So, um, from this episode, we had two pizzas that uh, we've been texting about. The first was mentioned by name, Deep Dish Oatmeal with Grapefruit Topping. So, I did add that. And then, um, Sun Dried Tomato was the other one that we've been floating around. So, they're both on the wheel, 43 entries total. Anyone using a power-up right now?
1: I am not using mine. Okay.
2: Yeah. John. No power-up. Nope. All right. So I'm going to spin this baby right now. Will Andrew call a shot again? Ooh, shrimp puff and cheese. meat oh? meatball, meatball. Meatball, baby. Oh. oh. Dodge the bullet.
1: I wanted, the, I wanted you to get the shrimp puff.
2: Dodged a bullet. Okay, I'm I'm <laughs> cool with that. I can make that work.
1: Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to respin you because you've you've been eating a lot of pizza lately. So this is a well-earned meatball.
0: John, how about you? Well, or you had gonna... a meatball. No, I'm not going to respin you. All right, wow, enjoy the meatball. You. Thank you, thank you, thank you,
1: John. That's tough for you to leave a meatball on the board.
0: I know it is. Uh, alright hold on I just need to update myself here so that I don't lose track of who is doing what
2: the crazy all thing right. will be whether or not where my meatball pizza score comes in compared to John's which I will not really? look I was ju- I just said I was going to update Vinny's pizza board not this week because I don't want to taint myself going into uh, my review So, yes
0: okay well thank you Andrew For the pizza wheel, always an exciting, thrilling adventure. Now it'll be the pizza poll (laughs) for the current week where Chris will pick first and John will pick second. And on the pizza poll, we have a total number of questions of 52. So we will be reading number one
2: is what it just generated as a number. Yeah, what the fuck are the odds of that? Yeah, those one wild. out of
1: whatever the numbers are.
2: Yeah, same odds as any other
0: number, John. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the question is, what is your go-to karaoke song? Ooh.
3: Hmm.
2: And since who ate the pizza, Johnny? Ate... Chris, Chris has pizza. Pizza from Chris the goes first.
1: Puff. Yeah. First goes first? Um, okay, so karaoke. I've done some karaoke in my day. It's been a while. Um, I don't know if I have a go-to song. Actually, this is a song I just like to sing in general, and that is "Stand By Me," Benny King version. The what? gets the crowd going. People get in. Ben E. King, "Stand By Me." I have to check
2: that out. I don't know if I—I mean, I know "Stand by Me." I don't know if I've heard that rendition. It's the one you would have heard. It's, the,
1: it's right. just the main one. Wow, well,
0: karaoke song. Yeah, I know know what a you're tough say to, to say That's a fucking tough one to sing. "Stand by John's Me." When you're not strong, that one.
1: Yeah, "Stand by Me." It's a good one. No, I know what John's going to say because he's going to go with what is popular.
0: No, 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 no. I'm I'm answering. I'm trying to think of the name of the song. Well,
2: while you do that, Chris, have you ever sing that song at karaoke, or do you just like singing yes. that song? Okay. No, so I have
1: Girl Fifty Seven, which is now closed, used to host Thursday karaoke nights. I guess she brought Mama, the house down. Big Mama used to she got she ran karaoke and got to sing every other song. Seemed like a good wow. song for her. That was a great yeah. setup. She would sing like heavy metal stuff too, it was wild.
2: What nights was that on? Karaoke night,
1: Uh, Thursday, and it was, it was also ten dollar pitcher night. Ooh, we went a couple times. I'm not surprised that place got shut down. I will say that.
0: (laughs) Okay, my karaoke song, "Mr. Brightside" by the Killers, because I feel like it just gets the. It's easy. One, there's not a lot of vocal to it, so and it gets the crowd. I just googled the
1: most popular song ever. No, I
0: didn't. No, no, I didn't. I thought to myself, which song would I be able to sing and which song would get the crowd going? And that one is Mr. Bright's. There's also, okay. I, there's a couple, there's some other classic ones. I just can't think of them right now. I, it's like the pressure, I'm um, under the spotlight. Yeah. I, thought, yeah, I thought songs
1: so. are, I just thought of the one I wanted to say now, which was, I believe even a thing <laughs> called Love by the Darkness.
0: Mm. Great mm. song. That's 30%. a great
2: song.
1: You get to hit the high notes.
2: I can't sing for shit, so my karaoke yeah. choice. So I think um neither of those are ones I would choose. I've obviously sang both and I think I could make it work. Um but I'm not a good singer. I don't like I uh, fun fact though, I did perform. I think I'm the only shellcast Swirl, host here. baby Yeah, that has performed live in front of a listening audience. John, have you? And
1: did, I think you, didn't you do a medley? Like a...
2: Yeah, we did a great... So, uh, shout out to 5-6-stock, 2010, I want to say. Charity show at the Goat's Head at Worcester Polytechnic Institute. Um, Swirl, so myself, uh, my friend Mark, and my friend Nick... um, Performed so we were trio just like Shellcast today, and uh, we yeah we played like eight sets or eight songs in our set, and uh, some were covers, and then some were o- original songs. It was fun, fun, fun. Um, but I didn't sing; I just played guitar. So uh, for me, I would say I'm not in the poll, but uh, the karaoke song I would do. I've never done this, but it was a hit. When I was in Phoenix uh, for a work event, and we had an open mic karaoke with a bunch of mm-hmm. colleagues and um, and clients singing uh, "Friends in Low Places" by I think it's Garth Brooks. Wow.
1: Garth Brooks, yep.
2: That whether you like country or not, fucking everybody is singing that song, and anybody can sing that song. So that's yeah. what I'm going to go with because I can definitely hit those low notes in uh, "Friends in Low Places." So
1: that's an awesome answer. I wish I said that
2: yeah i looked up uh just just because i looked up uh popular ones uh which i didn't choose that that was in my heart but uh, shania twain me Me and i feel like a woman is the number one karaoke song backstreet boys i want it that way is number two i'll just run through the top five um i will survive by gloria gaynor um queen bohemian rhapsody is number four and then number five yeah yeah and then number five, a modern one, uh, Shallow by Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper.
1: That's a good duet option.
2: Yeah.
0: sha what, what, what
1: I thought John was going to say, which is viral, gone viral a couple of different ways, tequila for the comedic aspect. Oh, like... Because the only word is tequila.
2: It's yeah, is tequila. yeah
1: qui- but nat- isn't... Nat- that's nat- a throwback. Nat-
2: that's a throwback Which, to the turtles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, the turtles. I realized
1: yeah. that would have been a perfect answer for this, but yeah. I thought about it, but I was like, that's gimmicky because oh, there's yeah. a couple viral videos of a of that. And I saw one of a kid doing um It Wasn't Me and he does the shaggy voice like perfectly. So that's that hilarious
0: too. Cool. That's funny. Actually, if there was Chris, like, do you know Stand By Me off the top of your dome?
3: Yeah. Like, Probably you... not the whole song. Could sing you didn't have the,
0: the chorus.
1: Chorus. Uh, No, probably not the whole song. With yeah, lyrics. but any
0: karaoke, they put the prompter on. Yeah, any, any, I know. Like, I'm just saying, like, yeah. a, a Super Bass, my Nicki Minaj. I fucking love that song. Whenever it comes yeah. on in the car, I'm just like jim and fucking out. Or how about Juicy? Um, Juicy would yeah, be, Juicy's a, know, a cool. classic. What about um,
2: Call Me Maybe? It was like huge in its time by Carly Rae Jepsen. And I still hear that song
0: and like, I can't help but sing um, it. Hey,
1: I just met you.
0: I yeah. actually did. Now that you, I did do karaoke once. Live band karaoke. Really?
2: Wow. Oh, yeah. That's what was in Phoenix. A live band. You would request yeah. a song. They would play it. And then you would just sing to it. <laughs> it's crazy. That is. Yeah. That's actually really cool. Super cool.
1: Smash Mouth All Star. They had That'd like a great. catalog right let's think of them them all
0: now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like you couldn't request any song, but they could play like fucking 300 songs or something crazy, like all the classics. So, yeah. Cool. Well, let's see what uh, TikTok yeah, it did. says about it. the Pizza Poll. Because
0: hey, you brought that up. I did. Call me, maybe. Oh, yeah. All right. We are in the outro now. So that was. Um... What a man, what a pizza poll that was, huh? That was a fun one. Um any parting words, Andrew, before we wrap this baby up? Yes, I am
2: seeing the movie on Wednesday. Oh, that's right. I'm watch I'm watching it in 4DX. I mentioned this before. So it's like the IMAX 3D plus. You get some uh like chair movement, some maybe blasts of, uh, you know, air to the face. I don't know. I've never been to one. But I figured what better way to experience the 40X than with Mutant Mayhem. So I'm amped. That's all I'm thinking about. Uh, And it sounds like we're going to do a special episode just dedicated to the movie, which I'm excited about.
1: Yes. Yeah. They're basically turning movie theaters into, like, Disney rides now, which is kind of sweet. If you're yeah. gonna pay that much, you might as well get the full experience.
2: Yeah, and what's cool on on the Wednesday, I think it's the matinee price, so it's like discounted. And the theater right now that I'm going to for the twelve twenty showing, fucking empty. So it may just be, it may just be me. I don't know. Wow. But the other thing I want to say, non T M N T related, is uh, Shark Week was this week. So I meant to mention that last episode in the outro. I didn't. So I just want to say I enjoyed it. Thank you, Discovery. Keep doing what you're doing.
1: And shout out to the Street Sharks, which, though brief, yeah. was a great show.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, Chris, any any parting words?
1: Uh, Only that I may have a surprise in store for next episode, so something to keep an eye out for.
0: Maybe Chris, two surprises. Uh, Chris, did you go and collect the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pizzas from last episode?
1: I did actually buy them today. I have not eaten any of them. I'm going to eat one on the premiere night. Maybe the mac and cheese one.
2: What were the other ones? Um, I'm assuming cheese, pepperoni, supreme, and mac and cheese.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I honestly didn't even really look. I looked. At the, I just grabbed them all. I looked at the mac and cheese one just to make sure it was mac and cheese.
0: Nice. Very nice.
1: Maybe I'll do a separate. Oh, which reminds me. Well, we can talk offline about it. Never
0: mind. i w- I was
2: just gonna say, um I found out that they Walmart carries actual mac and cheese mutant mayhem boxes. My wife picked it up for my son, like wow. they're fucking going they're merchandising everything, so clearly like the, Nick is putting a lot into this movie, so go out and watch it.
1: Yeah, and everyone knows mac and cheese tastes better in shapes, so yeah,
0: that's a fact. Yep. all right. Well, I appreciate everyone sticking around to the end. Next week's episode will be hosted by Chris. Yes. And that is 20,000 Leaks Under the Sea. So,
1: obviously, a reference to a book.
0: Yes. So. I read it once in a book. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Kaobunga. Kaobunga.